from LA and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Aaron Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan. And we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season six, episode 17, Sex and Violence. Do you think they got that? Um, title from the Fear song, Sex and Violence. Is that Fear? Sex and Violence. I'm not sure, but there has been a whole string of like, clean and sober, sex and violence. I don't know, maybe only those two, but it feels like a string because we're (laughs) just like fucking slogging through this (laughs) terrible, terrible season. season, And I've wanted to quit every episode. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where we're at. (laughs) And this one is fucking terrible bad it's very bad i knew i should have stuck to my guns about like we're only getting we're not the good part we're at the good episode yeah we had two good episodes yeah, yeah. and it's all bad yeah um so written by anna fricky and tom Kapanos, directed by frank pearl who is known more as a cinematographer oh. and did the mentalist rizzoli and isles and jag among others the cinematography oh. not the direction yeah um, this originally aired on my father's birthday, April 2nd, 2003. R.I.P. R.I.P. Bill the Oyster Man. Um, description from Wikipedia. Joey on spring break for the next two weeks. Girl, what? Mm. <laughs> Those rich ass schools. Except Rich's offers, accepts Rich's offer to be Pacey's temporary secretary, but shows a complete lack of professionalism. Mm-hmm. This is exacerbated when the local newspaper reporter, Sadia Shah, arrives to interview Pacey, and he recognizes her as the attractive woman from the Stepatech party five episodes ago. Their mutual jealousy ends the, o- the only way it can, with a tryst in Pacey's office. Oh my god. Meanwhile, Dawson enlists Heather Tracy's help in pitching his next film to studio head Larry Newman, who cares primarily about sex. Dawson's pitch, a chaste coming of age story loosely modeled on his romance with Eve, mutates into a sex comedy entitled Sunset Stripped. <laughs> Dawson consults with Todd for advice, and Todd suggests he sticks to his guns. As a result, though Newman greenlights the movie, Dawson refuses the director's position. Pacey fires Joey on grounds of being too attracted to her, and the two agree to meet at Pacey's apartment, only for Eddie to walk in as the bar closes. No mention of Jen? No mention of Jen. And, and what is the violence here? In this episode, I wonder. I mean, I have my theories about what the violence is. <laughs> a lot of it revolves around CJ. Yes. <laughs> but, um, and the show's treatment of Jen. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I don't know the actual answer yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, okay, April 3rd. This is why I think it's the... Fe- is that a fear song, Sex and Violence? It's a punk song that literally the only words are sex and violence. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fear. Okay. I have one... Sorry, I'm just going to tell you one very short story about the band Fear. Okay. Which is that leaving the lead singer of Fear when I first moved to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and I like knew you and yeah. basically no one else. Right. And I worked at Book Soup on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. And I used to be the closing manager on Friday and Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, had a real, real great, like, real, real, I went out a lot. Yeah. I, no, I didn't. I just worked all the time. Yeah. yeah. And um, you remember. And um, leaving used to sing an acoustic set. Mm. at Mark Mahoney's Shamrock Tattoo, which is like a famous, very famous Sunset Strip tattoo parlor. And I used to walk up to the liquor store, Turner's Liquors, and buy a six-pack of beer and sit in Mark Mahoney's Shamrock Tattoo, and he would do like an acoustic set of like old Johnny Cash songs. Oh, wow. All this cool stuff. And he would just like do it every every, uh, Saturday night. Amazing. It was amazing. 
Um, one of my greatest memories of my early time here in LA. Anyway, history's mysteries. Um, April 3rd, 2003, the U.S. forces seized control of Saddam International Airport, changing the airport's, airport's name to Baghdad International Airport. <laughs> oh my God, that's so petty. What? They're like, what we're cool with uh, Bob Hope International, uh, John, John Wayne. Wayne um, Reagan. Yeah, Reagan in D.C. Bush in yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure the one in um, Todd Stevens in Anchorage. Yeah. Like, that guy's like, come on, what? I know. But they're like... Okay, whatever. Anyway, I, like I'm not an apologist for Saddam Hussein, but like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's petty ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, April 3rd through 12th, 2003, U.S. forces defeat the Iraqi army and the Iraqi Republican Guard in the Battle of Baghdad. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's where we were at. I do have questions for the writers on their, like, op their option not to do any of this, like not to touch anything political in this show. Right. I think it's really interesting. I was thinking about that the other day, that like post 9-11, they don't even mention it, that right. it happened. But they they're, they make it the every story in a way. Yeah. They don't even mention like, you know, the Clinton sex abuse scandal. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah. Or sexual harassment scandal. Or what, yeah. what are we calling it now? Yeah. yeah. The Clinton scandal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Leave Monica's name out yeah. of that shit. Um, okay, so the number one movie is Head of State with Chris Rock, a movie I've not seen. I don't even know if I've heard of that. I I mean, I think I've, like, when I saw the poster on Wikipedia, I was You're like, like oh, yeah, I've oh, seen that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, like, have not. Interesting. Mm. Number one song is once again Into Club by 50 Cent. Fitty. I mean, I remember it well. Yeah, that was weird. That was we everywhere. Were jamming to this song. Everywhere. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, debuting at number 52 is Sing for the Moment by Eminem, which features a big sample oh, yeah. from Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Num debuting at number 71 is Headstrong by Trap. Oh, yeah. T-R-A-P-T. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was going to say, you, you... I definitely remember. I don't, like, it's not playing in my head, but I remember... And it was the one energy. of those ones where I was like, should I use this one? And then I played it and I was like, oh, God, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was everywhere. Um, and then debuting at 75 is Still Ballin' by Tupac featuring Trick Daddy. Wow. Yeah. R.I.P. I know. R.I.P. Tupac. Um, debut And finally debuting at number 90 is American Life by Madonna. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say not, not Madonna's not a high point in Madonna's career. I mean, are there any in the 2000s high points in her career? I would argue no. Yeah, okay. Our Boston correspondent, Rachel, begs to differ with me. Oh, okay. And I really respect her opinion. Yeah. Um. So I think some people think yes, but I, I think no. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we're going to start in the hallway outside of Joey's dorm room. Yeah, and Pacey and Joey are walking from a date, and you're like, really? We get the walk and talk, not the date? I know. Like, come on. And Joey's, like, kind of, like, they're being nice. Like They're she's, being sweet. She's thanking, she was like, that restaurant was so nice, and she's, like, thanking him. Yeah. And he kind of banters. She's like, you really know how to treat a lady? And he's like, well, I gotta spend my money on something. And yeah. then, like, he's like, 
Whoa. That, I did not mean that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like digging, trying to dig himself out, but is a little bit digging himself deeper. Yeah. Where he's yeah, like, yeah. not that I shouldn't spend money on you, but yeah, like, <laughs> he's like, like, I don't do I, know what to do. How do I backpedal from yeah. this? And, and, um, you know, and they kind of like don't know whether or not they're together. Right. And like, nor do we, nor do we, which is like, okay, cool. And then for some reason, they talk about something that they didn't talk about at dinner, which is he got a promotion. Yeah, I had the same exact note. (laughs) What? Because she asked him how work is going. And I was like, wait, that's a date question. That's like a dinner question. Yeah, that's a conversation. So you're with your best friend and you wait until he drives you home, walks you home to ask to ask the big question about his work. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Yeah, same, same. And like we could have just had this scene at a restaurant. A restaurant. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean I get it, whatever, like for the sets and everything. Fine. Fine. But like it's super bizarre. Agreed. And he, yeah, so he admits that he got this promotion and he even get he gets his own office and he gets yeah. an assistant. He doesn't really know what the promotion is, but he just gets a new title. Yeah, and which more like, money. Yeah, yeah, which is like, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and yeah, that tracks. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, he, he's like... Um, I get an assistant. Yeah, he says he gets an assistant. And then he, they kind of joke about how he won't want to talk to her after tonight. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and he's like, thank you so much for being understanding about the right. fact that I'm never going to speak to you yeah. again. And at the same time that we learn about his promotion, we learn that she got her hours cut because everyone's on spring break. And so not here in Boston drinking at this bar. They're uh-huh. all elsewhere drinking at other bars. Right. Um, eh. It just doesn't check out it's for far-fetched. a non-college town. Yeah. Like, we're... In the middle of Boston? Like, yeah. Like, it's like, sure, maybe this is a college bar, but, like, they can't rely solely on college students. And like, maybe it's, know. like, slightly dead yeah. this week. Like, there's not a ton it's of people, like, so you're getting cut early and stuff. Sure, like, sure. And you're not getting the same amount of tips and whatever. Yeah. Like, so, whatever. But, like, the dent to her income... Like, whatever. What are yeah, it's, I mean, this, but you know. it's like, it's a very thin premise that just doesn't need to be there. You totally. Know? Um, totally. Because, like, and it also, like, there's something so sad about the idea of, like, it being spring break and, like, she's having to work the whole time. But, like, they don't want to tell that story. Right. You know? And so it, it's hard not to take it as, like, the no fun Joey. Right. Where it's like, well, it's spring break. I got two weeks free to work, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm not saying that's not real and valid and whatever. But it absolutely like, is. But it, it's just because the storytelling isn't that Joey's broke this semester or, like, this year. They kind of, like, bring it in when they need it. Yeah. And when they never had it last year. And then now it's like, well, it's spring break. She doesn't get to have fun because I'm poor, too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and like, you know, PC asks if she's free for dinner on Saturday and they like flirt hardcore yeah. for a second. And yeah. he like, he goes in to kiss her, but they're like, they like kind of like miss each other. They're like, right. it's awkward. Well, she, it felt like she rejected him. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, I got okay. that. They just kind of like, they were gonna kiss, but they kind of both were like, we don't know how to do right. this that well like because I don't it know. felt so weird to me because i was like wait i thought we settled this last episode yeah. that they were gonna start fresh right and they're acting like they just went on a date which like i'm not, of course it there would be awkwardness yeah, yeah, yeah. but like because it still ends up feeling like, like them unsettled yeah. in the sense of like where are they right 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 in like a dawson and joey way it was kind of like what 
what is happening here? Right. And like, but it's weird because they feel like them too. Like you Mm -hmm. can feel the Pacey and Joey of it all. So you're just kind of like, why is it so awkward? Yeah. You feel like, fine. No, I agree. Like the awkwardness (laughs) feels forced. Right. In a way in which like the connection feels forced with Dawson and Joey. So like, it's kind of bizarre. And like, I don't know what they're trying to set up here. No, no. And I don't think this episode is going to answer that question for you. No, (laughs) no, no. Like, so he kisses her cheek and yeah. he's like, you know, I'm going to cut my losses and I'll have my secretary call you about dinner. Yeah. And she like super earnestly tells him that she had a great time mm-hmm. and she kisses, you know, he kisses her hands, which like, yeah, I'm on the floor. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that's so hard is they're so sweet. Yeah, I know. I know. Like when they have these moments, they yeah. have these great moments. Yeah. Like, and my, I mean, my note is just like these two. I know. You know, and she's in her peak Joey Potter coat. Yeah, you her love Apex that coat. Joey Potter. I, I think she has better great coats. Oh, okay. But she just wears this one all the time. She wears this one a lot. Yeah, in this the season. red one. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, orangey red. Yeah. Yeah. The one that Jen fucked on. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Which I, I would have at least dry cleaned. <laughs> I God. hope she did. Well, she doesn't know. Right. Yeah. And Jen doesn't have to tell her because they're not friends. Mm-hmm. I, agree, I agree with that, but woof. <laughs> Although Jen's so nice and she totally would. She totally would have gotten a dry clean for her. Yes, yes. you're right. You're right. She, right, right. she was like, yeah. I got to take this. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of Jen. We're... She's here. <laughs> Jen's at this episode. Oh, Thank my God. God. And like, I realized that this is why the hair doesn't stand out in my mind in in addition to the part we already talked about that like it wasn't it, it was a look you know it's just that jen isn't here enough right to yes. really process it <laughs> yes. because when she's on screen i was like uh, i can I, look at nothing i gasp <laughs> i was like she's back <gasps> God, that hair. Wow. Wow. And it's like, it's changed a little bit. Well, that's the thing. It's not just the bangs. It's the flat ironing that I think is particularly bad. Like, I really think that that's the part that is the worst part. Yeah. 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 And so she, CJ is asleep in her bed and she brings him coffee. She's in a very cute matching PJ set. I know. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, I wrote that the haircut was like a slap in the face. You guessed. Oh, my God. I was like, Woof. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Literally took the breath out of both of us. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Wow. And, and I just really, I honestly, like, because some of you would say, like, no, season six is the worst gen hair when we were in season two. And I was like, that's impossible. <laughs> but it is. It's impossible because season two is so it's bad. bad. Yeah. But the thing is, season two, it fits with her character yeah. arc. Whereas this one... It, it fits to the character arc insofar as we all lived, we, you and I lived <laughs> through 2003. So like. As like semi-adults. So I yeah. get it. I know a lot of yeah. people went on this hair journey, but we, like. We had some friends who had some real hair yeah. journeys. Yeah. yeah. So, but I get it, you know, yeah. and yeah. like, we've all been there, but like, man. Yeah. Man, 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 man. And this is more a bad choice of the time versus a bad choice of your like personal yeah, time. Exactly. Oh yes, my God. Yes. Yeah. So see, here's the thing about CJ. I already hate this guy. I know. But then he asks where Grams is. And when he finds out she's downstairs, he's like, shall we then? Yeah. And that's how he asks her if she would like to have sex. I know. And it's like, it's so bizarre. 
I'm like, like, sir, you're dating a goddess. I get that you want a boner constantly. Who doesn't? Like, uh, like, like the, totally. But like, that's how you ask. Yeah, and I also like that he's asking too, and not sure. assuming. So like, I definitely appreciate that. But like, I guess the writers just don't know how abhorrent this person is that right. they actually have to like make us be convinced that we're on board with this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, they're not, it's not working right now. No. No. This and episode is no. not working. And it's not like, like, um, hey, he sexually assaulted Audrey and was a total asshole to Jen up until like the last time we saw them together. Yes, yes. And now like, it's fine that she fucked him or whatever, I guess. But we're supposed to be convinced that this is going to be like, again, a, a, a great love, a of, great Jen's love life. of her life. And they try to, they do that in this episode, I know. which is like, like talk about like okay pacey and joey amnesia but now we're in a jen and dawson amnesia girl do you think i don't have a note that's like don't make me feel bad for dawson i know <laughs> wait we're gonna get we're there gonna get but there. i was Sorry. like i was like bitch what i know you're making me mad about this i know I'm so i'm mad that you're making me mad about i know it's yeah. like this is an abusive relationship yeah okay. <laughs> so she's like i'm not in the mood yeah and he says, who needs a mood? And then goes to kiss her. He I had to put on this. I had to put on the subtitle. So I fucking read that right. Oh, my God. He's such a sexual assaulter. I was like, where where in this is am I supposed to find any of it romantic? I know. I find none of it romantic. I find and it it's disgusting. hard because like Chad Michael Murray, I I personally understand his hotness. Yes. Jensen Ackles, I personally don't understand the perception of his hotness. I don't find him hot. Okay. And I know some people do, but yes. I don't get it. Like, and it's like Chad Michael Murray is not hot to me, but I understand that. How someone might find him hot. Exactly. Yeah. But something about Jen, and I don't know if it's like. I feel like. I, too- because I think Chad Michael Murray actually is a good actor at playing this one role yeah, so like yeah role. like it's kind of like the drew valentine where like he's such an asshole but i was like i kind of think that guy's hot like you know so yeah. like i i'm in this weird space about it yeah but the jensen ackles I, like for me it's a set like it's perfect that he ended up on supernatural because i feel the same way about jensen ackles as the other guys jared padalecki dean, yeah dean where like the whole time on that's gets confusing because jensen ackles in supernatural is named dean oh no yes what why would they do that yeah that's just so to fuck weird. with everyone you can change the name when you cast someone yeah anyway that is so weird yeah. but i never found that guy hot either right and i think like to me like jensen ackles in supernatural because i did watch the first couple of seasons of okay jules and i watched it together oh right i, re- I remember season. that yeah we were in a dark place yeah not that supernatural is a bad show it's fine but like we were in a very dark uh-huh. place <laughs> that's when we were drinking a case of beer a day right right um and um but so, like, we, like, he was good looking enough in that show. Like, mm-hmm. my thing is, like, I actually think that show fits him so much better. Right. Like, and his character on that show, like, I get why people think he's hot on that show. Because okay. I'm like, yeah, the character he plays is, like, way better. Okay, okay. Um, Than this fucking nightmare. Yeah, and it's hard to say whether I just don't think he's hot because of this. Yeah, this is kind I don't of think hard. he's hot in this. Yeah. yeah, but, like, and I just, like, you know abstractly culturally just don't get the hotness from him so when he behaves this way i think a lot of them they want like the writing wants us to lean on like no but he's so hot and like right so he's an asshole and like you know like the whole like 
Chad yeah. Michael Murray of it all. But I I can't get there. Right. Totally. Um, speaking of not getting there, Jen is like, you have morning breath mm-hmm. and I don't want to kiss you. And like, he kind of jokingly pouts, which she's like, that's not sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like, totally. Yeah. And then he grabs a box of condoms off the They're, nightstand. Yeah. And I need to just point out two things. One, they have the gall to be magnums. I know. Like, I, I okay. don't think I didn't catch that. And two, I still want to just point out that Dawson has never used a condom. Yes. Like, never yes. seen on screen using a condom. Yes. Like, this is fucked up. Yes. Agreed. I think, great point. And, like, he's like, Jen, we, you know, this has, this, we haven't even gotten into this box of condoms yet that I bought a week ago yeah. because we haven't had sex in a week. How many were there when they bought them? How yeah. many are there now? And it's like, don't make her do math questions in the morning. Oh, my God. Fuck off. Come on. And she's, like, very clearly lying when she says that she's, like, not a dude, so she doesn't have the same sex drive as him, which well, that's is another her... framing that I hate. But... Yeah. And I feel like that's Michelle Williams' choice with the writing. Yeah. Because that is a fucked up framing right but she makes it as like a i don't know she like softens it in a she way like makes it like i'm lying to you right now and yeah. like i don't actually believe this thing yes. that's coming out of my mouth because Even, she's a great actress yes and, she and, and she's also crafting a character yeah. in a way in which that is like she wants it to be good yes the way that josh jackson does because yes. you're like good don't love that line and that no. framing and i don't think jen would say that but she the, like i agree yeah, yeah she makes it the character of jen yeah and she's like terrified that grams is gonna walk in on them them which i was like legit i would be terrified i agree and then i was like is cj homeless right like why are you at his house if it, if he's so concerned about this you know like yeah. you know dry spot and like and the thing is he's welcome to discuss this sure if you have a boundary about the number of times you want to have sex with someone and they're not meeting that like you can't pressure them to have sex but it also might be a fundamental difference in your relationship totally and like, but you have to navigate that with re- dignity and respect yes. you know and yes. not like be coercive and an asshole yes and so like if you're fine if you're having a problem bring them to your your own house and see if they feel safer there right where their grandmother can't over yeah yeah so he's like oh i guess it's true that once you start dating the sex goes out the window and i was like couldn't hate that more and then he's like and then jen is like well there's other ways to be intimate like and he's like great and like lifts the blanket to like like make her like give him him head yeah yeah exactly and like she gets under the covers to cuddle with them and he like super disappointed is like oh snuggling is what you were talking about (sighs) are you fucking kidding me i just can't what if jen lindley came and snuggled with you and then you were mad about it i just don't know what we're supposed to think about cj like we're supposed to right now i'm not thinking anything good like i really feel like they think that we're supposed to be charmed by this and that like this is one of those great arguments where they're both right. It's not. That's not true. <laughs> it, it's just not. No. And like I said, like, it's fine if he doesn't like how much they're having sex and he wants to discuss that yeah. and like maybe have like like a boundary setting about expectations. Yeah. And like, that's totally fine. If you expect like a certain type of, you know, sexual relationship, you can say that, but you don't get to be a creepy piece of shit about it. Agreed. You know? Uh, yes, I do know absolutely and she's like wait what did you think i was talking about and like i'm like just like oh my god i don't I hate this. even get why she likes him no i don't either no 
So Joey then shows up to Pacey's office and yeah. like he's happy to see her. They have a nice hug. Yeah. And she brought him an office warming gift, which is sweet and also fucking crazy. Like I can't imagine any of my friends showing up to my office without me knowing about it. I know. <laughs> I mean, unless it was like a, a legit emergency and they were close by. <laughs> like I don't. Or unless you said stop by any time. Yes. I mean, like, not that I haven't had friends in my office before, but like, I knew that they were coming. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. totally. I mean, obviously, we live in a different age where if I was like, oh, I'm in the neighborhood, I would stop text by. Me. Yeah. But at the same time, I totally agree with you, especially since he already he admitted he just got a promotion. Yeah. So like, you know, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Right. So, of course, like all the dudes in the bullpen are like drooling over Joey because this workplace is absolutely fucked. I know. And Pacey, like, ushers her out to go to the office so she's not sexually harassed by any more of these dudes. And then we get to Pacey's secretary. And, like, I think this is a funny dynamic that he's so scared that he has a secretary and, like, does not know how to... He's like, hello. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and like, how? what job do I get? Like, how does this work? Yeah. What like, do I what ask is, you for? What is your job and what is my job? Yes, you know, absolutely. Which totally would make sense. And she like gives him this rundown of the things he needs to know about his schedule. And then like, she's like, Rich is in your office. And then like, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, what do you need to talk to me about? And then Rich fired this woman. Yeah. And she's going to be leaving at the end of the day. <sighs> And I'm like, first off, leave now, girl. Like, if he fired you, you should leave. Yeah. She's like, Rich is in your office. And yeah. He fired me. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Great. Right. Rich is back. Right. Cool. (laughs) Like, you know. We already are dealing with We're not going to get Hedson in this episode. Thank God. But instead, we're going to get Rich. Right. Not a step up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. They all have such an asshole white dude in their life. And I just literally can't. I know. It's really a lot. Yeah. Um, And so Pacey's like, you know, he tells Pacey that he broke into his office. Rich does. Yeah. And then proceeds to immediately sexually harass Joey. Yes. And Pacey doesn't tell this guy to fuck off immediately, which I think is both out of character and I'm unhappy about. I know. When he sexually harasses Joey. Yeah. And then Rich admits that he fired Pacey's secretary because she kicked him out of Pacey's office. And, like, Pacey's like, D- doesn't that mean she deserves a raise? <laughs> like, I know. And it's a weird thing. Like, I mean, Rich is, why am I trying to figure this out? But it's like, why is Rich firing him, her, and not Pacey? Like, right. When it, like, what? Like, this, what does this make any sense? You I know? agree with you completely. Because then we learn that Rich just doesn't like the way she looks. Yeah. So he fired her. And Joey's like, isn't that discrimination? Yes, girl, it is. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And like, the thing is, is that I really don't buy. I mean, like last year, Alex fired that waitress. I'm going to forget her name, but Uh like that had two jobs. and And Pacey like stood up and fought for her. And Pacey's not doing that with his secretary. Like, I just find it hard to believe that Pacey wouldn't be like, what the fuck, man? You can't just fire that lady. Yeah. that You at least think he'd be like. Well, isn't it my secretary? Don't I get a say whether yeah. or not she's fired? You right. know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It's super weird. And and this is the first time, besides the time where Emma, like, Emma Bet thing yeah. situation, that I'm like, okay, that part of Pacey changing, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, and I feel like that's compelling about this storyline right. where it's like, 
he's conflicted about changing, but still giving into some elements of change, right. you know, and like that is good storytelling. Yes. You know, yes. Um, I don't know if it's all like, you know, going to work out in the good storytelling way. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to guess no. But, you know, like, yeah, like losing himself and who he is in this quest is compelling absolutely um but like the way they're going about this is bizarre because you get you get the vibe what's what's gonna happen you know we've already said that where joey works for him that's why he's like oh i don't they're just setting it up where like of course pacey doesn't care he only cares about money now and you're like but you've been telling us he's conflicted right and we've been seeing him conflicted so like what you know but yeah totally so rich is like you know, starts in on Joey, like, why aren't you in school right now? Like, you know, and she's like, I'm on spring break. And he basically offers her the secretary position for the next two weeks. Right. Rich does. And it's just like, no one would do that. The amount of work it takes to hire someone and like all that stuff for two weeks. No. Come on. No. And he checks out Joey's ass on his way out of the room i fucking hate this guy I hate him so and much. the thing that is so annoying to me is i hate him the least out of all the dudes yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean i do yeah you're like how's this one the best yes <laughs> yeah. totally. because he's the most straightforward in his assholeness yes. like we don't have to do a redemption journey with him or feel in any way he's morally good right he's completely morally bankrupt yeah correctly like without a doubt but so are all the other assholes and right. we have to like feel something for them and feel like oh no it's complicated and i'm like no it's not it's not cj's Hedson's a, piece a piece of shit yep <laughs> so you know joey's smart and asks how much it pays and is basically like oh shit it's like 600 a week and yeah. she's like well i could use that money you yeah. know and she start like starts like fixing pacey's tie and flirting with him and like, Pacey, this could be really good. Yeah, and he's rightfully concerned. He's like, don't you care about the power dynamics of the boss-secretary relationship? Totally. Which I felt was so compelling. I feel like the... I mean, again, this is like the story of season six. Mm-hmm. It's like you get so close to actually telling compelling stories. Yeah. And then, like, just fall so short. And, like, I think that's what is is so frustrating yeah. is that it's like you're almost there. I know. And then I've got to watch I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to watch more of Rich on the screen. Couldn't yeah, we have exactly. been done with him with that creepiness and then moved on to the compellingness of like what, like how cool would it be to see Pacey understand power dynamics within a relationship and feel complicated about them yeah. after he was raped within a, By a, t- a teacher. Yeah. With a power dynamic, you know, power differential. So like, or with Alex, like after he was like sexually harassed by his yeah, boss. Yeah. Like, yeah. So what a compelling journey from the trajectory of this character we've known for six seasons to see him being like, Oh, power dynamics are real and at play. And while I'm used to making jokes about older women, now I'm actually exploring the way in which power dynamics play a role right. in my life and in relationships. Right. And then Pacey says, of course, the line that ends everything always, which is, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> and I was like, Oof, we're about to find out. Season six. It's <laughs> the worst that can happen. Yes. <laughs> so we go to Heather's office. Heather is the is Nicole Bilderbeck yeah. um, at the the movie studio. And Dawson's basically pitching her Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I know. Yet and again. Like- <laughs> 
I was like, you know what, Aaron, just go with it. They're trying to get meta. They're trying to do it. And like, they're, they're, they're not getting there. But like, I love that they're bringing that element back. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. And like, I don't know. And I like, I just can't with the like prodigy of Dawson when yeah. he's literally only made the same story every time. Yes. So like, I don't understand what is like, makes him a prodigy. <laughs> I under I don't know. I want to make a joke about the band Prodigy, but I'm not finding it. <laughs> it's like the one time I was at a movie theater and we were watching the pre- there was a preview playing and like you know the audience is watching this preview and like I can't I couldn't really get a temperature on how they felt about the preview, but I think everyone was like okay okay and then it, at the end it said like from M Night Shyamalan and the whole audience groaned. Oh shit! Erupted in a. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> I love that. I love that for us. I know. (laughs) And like, that's kind of how I I feel about Dawson. Oh, another coming of age story. You're fucking 19. Right. Have you come of age? Can I give you a tidbit about M. Night Shyamalan? Sure. As a a pitch to everyone to join our Patreon. Uh Uh-huh. We're doing She's All That for Friday. Guess who did script doctoring on She's All That? He did. M. Night Shyamalan. Oh my God. A thing I learned. (laughs) Yeah. Like the thing is, I think sometimes he's, I think he does compelling stuff from time, like he does compelling stuff, but like the fact that his thing is a twist ending is dumb. I agree. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was great in the sixth sense. Yeah. I mean, truly great. No, it was phenomenal. But what a like if. But like then we're okay. Good. Well, you then did if that. that's gonna be your thing, then everyone it's is just waiting for a twist ending. Yeah, and it's then no it's longer like, a twist. Yeah. Then you just become a caricature of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're in Heather's office, and she's likes Dawson's pitch, but there's not enough sex, and this office only does sexy shit. Which and, Dawson would know from right. work. He's worked with this per- production. This. For the whole time. And just as someone who used to like be in charge of reading things that came into offices. Yeah. Let me just tell you, don't pitch a movie that's not, don't pitch a movie, don't pitch a fucking book, don't pitch anything to someone who's like, this is not what they do. I know. (laughs) My company used to do like porn books. Yeah. Like that's, we did a lot of like porn star. Yeah. You know, sex worker memoirs. Yes. Um, and then, like, very sexy shit. And yeah. then, like, rock stuff, like, yeah. music stuff, you know. And then, like, people would pitch and me, like... I remember everything. And I remember everything. <laughs> and, I mean, we we kind of broadened, but, like, at the beginning, we yeah, were, like... Yeah, yeah, no, We I were remember. doing, like... Were you telling me that there was a, a book that came out that had a pube? In it, yes. Yeah. I had to pick up a jar of pubes yeah. on a street corner yeah. <laughs> from a person. Yeah. I mean, not, like... I knew the person. Right. It wasn't... I didn't pay for them or anything. But like, it wasn't clandestine. It was like in, in West Hollywood in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was whatever. Anyway, um, so, uh, but like, you know, don't pitch something to them that's not I their know. brand. And this is like the whole like prodigy. I'm like, I just don't understand what's happening. Yeah. So like, you know, 
Dawson is now basically having the exact same issue he had when he was shooting Creek Days, which is that he's like, this is unique because there's no sex in it. And like, okay, again, a pitch for our Patreon, but like only as a joke. But we watched the episode where like he chain he says all these things. Yes. We, we watched um Sex She Wrote. Yeah, and and, and the one before the it, one before that it. We can't um, ever high risk behavior. Thank you so much. I know. I was like, I can't how come I can never remember, even though it's a really good episode. I know. And so, and he's like going on and on about like, no, the the thing that's avant garde is no sex, you yes. know. And yeah. you're like, okay, but it's like too Catholic Church for me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is no biblical reason for that. Mm. Um, and like, and then he is easily swayed. Yeah. And he rewrites it that he fucks Jen in the movie. Uh, yes, you know? I remember. So like, he couldn't even stand to his own argument. The first time. <laughs> and now he's making it again in Hollywood. Yes. To like adults when even like 16 year olds were like, nah, that won't sell to me. Yeah. The audience that you're trying <laughs> yeah, to sell to. Exactly. Nah, that nah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So then she tells him, Heather tells him all about how, what a horny piece of shit the guy who runs this studio is mm-hmm. and like, basically like you gotta, you're going to have to sell to him. And like, she talks about her own boobs and her boob job. And then like Dawson's like, Oh, like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you've been staring at them all meeting. And I was like, what story is this? It's super bizarre because like just straight up Dawson is the sluttiest character right now. Yes. Like he's fucked the most people in the college years. Yes. He's had sex with four people yeah. at least. Yeah. I don't even think Pacey's had sex with four. Um, definitely three. Definitely three. But yeah, I don't know about four. Yeah. And we're supposed to be like, oh no. Right. Prude Dawson when he's like the sl- yeah, slut. And we're, that's not, we're not judging. No, but I yeah. just like, it's a weird story. We think of slut as a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a weird st- I do, obviously, but it's a weird storytelling to be like, no, he's such the innocent one, not having sex is avant-garde or whatever, or like, you know, more whatever he says. When like, like, he's the one who's had, he's fucked the most people in the college years. So I guess my question is like, is it just that like, he wants to like, explain away the fact that he like didn't have sex in high school he's like oh that's so Mm -hmm. incredible to not have sex in high school when it's really just like a thing that happens to some people and doesn't happen to others because it it doesn't matter you're like you're still having sex though so what right at this point who gives a shit if you had sex in high school or not i know it does not matter i know yeah so what you had you didn't have sex when you were a child and somehow that makes you bad or, or whatever, whatever you're like you're yeah. still or confused, good or you I can't have really like a tell. moral yeah. confliction about that right. like okay so she's like you know you got to make sure there's nude scenes you got to make sure you know she's there's like lots there's of sex. a three-way or what about an affair with a teacher yeah yikes well so when she suggests this right she's like oh maybe a student sleeps with a teacher and dawson's like yeah i can do that and i was like okay so i'm not thrilled that Pacey didn't call out Rich for sexually harassing yeah. Joey. But here, Dawson's like, yeah, I'll both sell out my initial vision and make a fictional version of the sexual assault of a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And like, pretty sure without asking him if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And he's like, you know, maybe I can get a movie made by this shithole office. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, Dawson already, we already talked about it. He descended into a total shitty person yeah. in the pursuit of, um, you know, late, of 
you know, working. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. So also woof at the helpline, CJ and Jen are working and she picks up the phone and starts giving someone advice who is clearly asking what to do if their significant other doesn't want to fuck. Yeah. And Jen is like, is that so bad? I know. Like, don't you want to break sometimes? And, like, CJ's looking on, like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, like, I I hate CJ, but, like, he's kind of right. I agree with you. You know? I agree with you. And then, like, I was getting on this deep dive about, like, how we're talking about power dynamics within Joey and Pacey working uh-huh, together. Uh-huh. But, like, somehow not addressing them right now. CJ and Jen. Within this, yeah. I like that deep dive. My deep dive was, honestly, you don't have Jen on for how many episodes and then this is the storyline we get? Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to point that out. Great. God. So then we go back to Pacey's office and some dude is being gross about Joey to Pacey. Yeah, I just was like, also about that, I was like, I just don't really understand what the storytelling is. Because Jen breaks up with Dawson because there's no passion there. Yes. And then she goes into this relationship with CJ and she's allowed to make any choices she wants. But then I just, I guess at the time when she breaks up with Dawson for the no passion, we assumed that meant she didn't like fucking him. Okay. Yeah. So I don't understand what makes this relationship a departure and or like, you know, more in line of what she's moving forward to wanting out of a relationship Mm. if she like is kind of uninterested in like is there no passion in this i don't think that that's what they're gonna get at like Uh i think it's not that there's no passion i think she's like afraid of being hurt or something Mm. but like it's relatively unclear yeah it just doesn't make any sense about like what is she looking for from CJ? Right. I mean, I, I'll, we're going to get to it in a little bit, but like, I feel like the Dawson erasure is part of the problem. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Without right. A doubt. Where it's like. This is the first time I noticed it. Yeah. Where I was like, wait, I thought you didn't want to be with Dawson because there was no passion. And like, maybe I took that wrong and that's fine. But I thought that meant you didn't like fucking him. Right. And also. And maybe like, it meant something else, but we didn't really get that conversation. Right. So I'm in my own head. And I just like, I honestly don't know what else it would mean. Yeah. But like. I could go on that journey if it meant something else, but I we're not we didn't we're not get that, go on you know. It. Yeah. But then to see this where she like I don't understand then what she wants. Right. Like it feels like this thing where she's like afraid that she's having sex with someone she really likes. Uh-huh. And like, you know, that is a, a triggering thing for Jen. Right. Right. To have sex with someone she really likes because so much of her early sexual experience was like not with people that she yeah. really liked or with and people she, that she like maybe liked at the time, but then realized. Well, and she also didn't like herself were. when she right. was doing that. So, that too. you know, there was that. Yeah. But like, it feels like that explanation that I just gave you completely forgets that she dated Dawson. Yes, exactly. No, totally. So I'm just like, I don't understand how this is a departure from Dawson or better or any of the things that we're like somehow supposed to believe. Yeah. Agreed. So, right. So, so we're at the office and some dude's being gross about Joey to Pacey as he walks in and she's like surrounded by dudes. It's real creepy. But on the other hand, like she kind of plays it like she's eating it up. Right. 
But then doesn't. I like, know. It, like, it's very Because when they forth. show the scene, she looks like she's eating it up, like, being surround, like, in a gross way, like, surrounded by dudes that are, like, kind of adjusting her cha- her office chair or whatever. Yeah. But she, like, looks like she's loving it. Yeah. And I can't tell if and we're then sp- it, supposed to- And then it flips in a second. Yeah, yeah. And I can't tell if we're supposed to then, like, that's supposed to be the way- Pacey sees it right. in the sense where like then he gets jealous right but I just like you know even in the Wikipedia synopsis they're like they're mutually they're both jealous like I just don't know what Pacey was jealous of in no. this storytelling yeah and he she's looking great in this suit by the way she yeah. looks really good and Pacey tries like shoo the dudes away yeah and Joey looks at him like what the fuck dude which yeah. is what you were saying and then like you know it's like She's kind of like, are you jealous of all those men? Like, that's, like, kind of the look that she gives him. But, like, it's very strange. Uh, Like, I just don't understand what dynamic they want us to believe about Mm -hmm. Joey and Pacey. I agree with you. Like, I do believe that Pacey was jealous of Dawson. Yes. But he was more jealous of the place Dawson had in Joey's heart and that Joey was lying to him about that. Yes. I didn't feel personally, and, you know, maybe I was wrong, that Pacey was jealous of men. And I don't think Joey was jealous of women. Like, there's, like, one or two that she kind of is like, that girl really is, like, like, and I have notes later about it. But, like, like, jealousy except for the Dawson part of it, yeah. never seemed to be part of their relationship. Totally. And like, so this is like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And I, I just don't really understand it because like Joey pointed out, Pacey fucked her roommate all yeah. last year. So like then to develop this like jealousy, jealousy? aspect, it's incongruent to I agree what you. we've been sold. I agree with you. About Joey. I agree with and you. And then the fact that we had to sit through the storyline of like her not caring. And then now all of a sudden she does. Uh, Yeah. Like it's wild. So later that day we go to like kind of later that day and she comes in like fiddling with her. He's like fiddling with her office warming gift, which is one of those little clacky ball things that like goes back and forth. And then he's like, so the thing is, is that you didn't make coffee this morning. Yeah. (laughs) And I always like to have a cup and like, I dig that I kind of dig that she's like you used to work in a restaurant make your own damn coffee because <laughs> like I do I one of my biggest pet peeves is like truly helpless men right um that like run companies but like can't fucking convert a PD, a word document to a PDF sure, like yeah. I'm just like fuck off yeah like learn something right you're right. not that important I don't yeah. care how important you are you're not that important I mean, unless it's in your job description, at which point it's like, well, you signed up for that. And I, that's right. the whole point about Joey is like, well, I like this was in your job description. Yeah. To make coffee. Right. For him. Who she, you think she supposed to make it for the whole office? No, like just for like, like when she, later on when she makes it for like him in a meeting uh-huh. like that, I can I'm like on board with. But like his coffee in the morning, like also how are you functioning without buying coffee on the way to work? <laughs> I mean, I just think that like, I just think that it's, it's hard for me to be care. Like Joey, they're trying to set her up as like, Oh, she's this ball busting yeah, feminist yeah, yeah. in yeah. this office setting. And this office setting sounds totally horrible. Right. But the, this part of it, I don't like, and I don't buy in of the white girl, hot white girl coming in and being like, 
this is my job description, but I'm not going to do it. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. And, like, maybe that just feels triggering from, like, office politics (laughs) of, like, other places. Yes. But, like, this is, like, also a trope and a narrative that happens where this, you know, plucky, smart girl comes in and is like, I'm a secretary, but, like, and they, when I was hired, they told me I had to make coffee in the morning. But, like, you can make your own coffee. And it's like, well, the thing is, I need that 15 minutes to work on something else and they don't need to pay me as much as they pay me to do that. They want to pay you $15 an hour to do that. So that's like how this works. Yeah. And like, it's super complicated in the sense, but on their hand, like, no, if it's in your job, job description, yeah. it's in your job description. Yeah. So Rich walks in and says something sexist. And then, like, you know, he she, like, is like, I'm out of here. Like, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Paisley kind of, like, tells Rich, like, I think this might be a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Rich doesn't care because he thinks Joey's pretty. I know. And he needs Pacey to pull it together because there's a reporter coming in today. Yeah. And, like, we, the audience, and Pacey both at this time realize that it's Sarah Shahi. Right. Like, oh, that girl we met, like, five episodes ago. And Joey hears that a girl wants to talk to Pacey. Right. And, like, perks up. Yeah. And, you know, she kind of, after Rich leaves, she walks in and she's, like, jealous and is, like, wait, she wants to talk to you? It doesn't make any sense what's happening. I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, And also she overheard Pacey saying, like, I don't think this is going to work out. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I It's kind of hard to buy Joey as Pacey's friend, like, not respecting him about that. I agree with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like... She has told him she supports him on this journey of, like, you know, being a stockbroker or whatever the fuck he is. Yeah. And, like, that, like, she's proud of him and all this stuff. So, like, she's coming in and, like, kind of making it harder and worse for him Mm -hmm. for, like, $600. And I just don't think that's in her character to do that. I agree. I think a lot of this episode is very out of character of both of them, but particularly her. I agree with you. And it's, like, as... I think that's one of the hardest parts about all of season six and why, like, you know, I personally grow to hate Joey. I mean, we've already said it's the writing where it's like, who is this person? And every episode, it's someone new. Right. I never know what I'm going to get. Yeah. And it just doesn't make any sense. And I find myself over and over being like, what? Who is this? What is going on? Right. You know? Yeah. And then it's hard because I'm like, well, obviously it's the writing, but then also it's like, I'm like, is it Katie Holmes? Like, you know, Michelle Williams can take this line and then maybe be like, I don't like that narrative, but like, I, I hear what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. You know? And like, I don't know. Yeah. How, and it's hard. I mean, the writing. She, I mean, it's hard because like, you know, they hired Michelle Williams, who's like one of the best actresses of our generation. And Katie Holmes, like, isn't a terrible actress, but she's not Michelle Williams. I and know. so it's like, it's hard because it's like, you know, like, she shouldn't have to be Michelle Williams for this to not be, like, totally fucking bananas. I know. You know, like. I mean, like, but it's like we see Kerr Smith and Meredith Monroe and, like, you know, right, but, like, that are, yeah, I feel like the same caliber as, as Katie Holmes. Yeah, yeah. So but I, I hear you. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So then we go to Boston Bay where Jen, like, and CJ, like, meet at the coffee cart. Oh, yeah. They also say – they do this thing, and I just need to point it out, where, like, the woman – I keep forgetting her name. I just keep calling her Sarah Shahi. Just, like, the reporter. Yeah. Um, And, I, you know, whatever. I feel bad because it's, like, one of the only women of color. People of color, color, Like, you know. Um, And 
she rich mentioned she writes for the financial section and he's like who reads that anyway right and i'm like wow what is such foreshadowing for the financial cross crisis that follows five years from now <laughs> yeah you know? that's true that's oh true. my god yeah yeah so, you know, so yeah, Boston Bay at the coffee cart, like CJ's grabbing a coffee and Jen comes up and is like, you didn't get me any? And, and he's like, like, why would I? And she's like, you're my boyfriend. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I hate it. I know. So he's all moody. And then she's like, well, what's wrong? And he finally like. She- I'm sorry. We need to point this out. Yeah. She says, I still don't know what CJ stands for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that. the point of this guy? Yeah. Like, I just like. I'm sorry, what? I know. And it's like, like we've been begging you for throwaway lines, but not that throwaway line. No. This means you don't even fucking know this person. exactly. What do you mean you don't know? Like, I'm sorry. That's like a first, maybe second date This person's your boyfriend, and you don't know what CJ stands for? You don't know his first, his legal first name? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, and Jen's hella and then we no- don't get an answer no, to it. No, <laughs> and Jen's hella nosy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. This, it's so weird. It is. Okay. So she finally pesters him into, like, telling her what is wrong. And she's like, he's basically like, I don't like that you use our problems in the bedroom to help other people, which, like, totally fair. It's a boundary. So yeah. he's totally allowed to say that. And she was like. Why? Why not? And no, she says, "Oh, I wasn't aware we had problems." In well, the she says, "Why not?" Oh. And I wasn't. A, she says them both. Yeah, and yeah. I wasn't. And yeah. also, I didn't think we had problems in the bedroom. And like you know, I also see her point of view too. Right. Um. Like, the, so it's like okay, it's fine. I like this conversation until this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because he's, uh, like, I know we both have a problem with CJ yeah. because of what happened with Audrey. And, like, I know the show is trying to get us to think that he's a good guy. But the next line that's coming, I want to fire him into the fucking That's sun. the thing is that, like, he's such a creep the whole time. The whole time we've seen, every single time we've seen him on screen this whole season, he sucks. He sucks. He fucking sucks. Yeah. Every time. I, I just don't like him. Right. And then we're supposed to be sold on this. And like, I also, because the show is so obsessed with us not getting any friend conversation. Right. We don't get a Jack being like, I don't, why do you like this person? Yeah. What's this guy going? What's or going like, on with this guy? Yeah. yeah. Like, or, or even like, how's it going with CJ? Yeah. And Jen being like, I know he fucked Audrey and it's hard to get over, but like, there's something about him. We just connect over this or that or whatever. Right. Like, give like, us something. Anything. Oh my God. Because totally. He fucking sucks. I mean, so hard because Jen's like, you know, tells him if a girl called the hotline and told you her boyfriend was pressuring her to have sex, you would tell her not to stand for it. And then CJ, this is the line, says if he's taking what she told him about her past seriously, like so, what Jen has told him about her past, he doesn't know why the creeps and the scumbags got the benefit of her sex drive and he doesn't. And I was like, you fucking piece of shit. I can't. I cannot. I can't either. It's so fucked up. Like you, and it's be... also the what Dawson did to her. So I'm just like, like in season two. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I, he didn't do that in season five. Like, which is whatever. I'm not going there. Gross. Which is why he's better. 
than CJ. <laughs> yes, yes. And you're making me defend Dawson I know. and call him better than other men. Yeah. And I'm pissed. About I know, it. but he's like a he is a good guy compared to CJ. Right. Um and yes, and like so I don't understand what's happening here because I agree. like we went on that whole journey with Henry and Jen because I could follow it where like Jen had never met someone who just accepted her past and was like I don't care you fucked other people, like whatever, you know? And so like you can understand why she was so committed to trying to make that work, you know? And I wish she broke up with him and realized it instead of the way the storyline ended. Totally. But like you could – I hated it and I hated we had to go on that journey, but I could understand what was happening there. Yes. What is going on with CJ? No idea. I My only note here is that – You know, you should be so fucking thankful that this woman allows you to breathe the same air as her that like (laughs) you should not be being a fucking dick. (laughs) I do think that there's room to have a conversation about lulls. I'm not trying to say that's not true. No, no. About lulls in your like, you know, your sex life. I do think that you're allowed to talk about anything you're unhappy with in the bedroom, including the frequency without a doubt. Absolutely. But like to, you know, cage it in this aspect of like well, you were a slut and now you won't fuck me. Yeah. Is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is this happening? He claims he treats her well. Yeah. And like, you're like, what? Because he says like, the guys like him who treat her fairly, we get ridiculed for wanting to have sex. And I'm like, I hate this man with the burning fire of a thousand STDs. I know. To quote our friend Harley. Joey's best friend. (laughs) Joey's best friend Harley. So Jen then, I mean, fairly is like, that's the nicest way anyone's ever called me a slut. And then like starts to walking walking away. (laughs) I feel like it's the equivalent of like Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You, where it's like the nicest like... Breakup, breakup song, song of all time. The most romantic breakup song of all time. Right. You yes. have to be like, oh, this is really a breakup song, isn't I know. it? Like, you have to remind yourself. No, totally. That this is all about like how I'm not going to be coming yeah. back. Thank you yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, Jen, kick this man to the curb. Are we done? Are we done? Yeah. No, he follows her. That's not what he meant. Oh, oh my God. And then um, if we go from here to Dawson and Heather. Yeah. Going to meet with, I called him the principal from the breakfast club. I know. I, forgot what I was like, was. we finally found out the exact name, Larry. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you got it. I was like the guy from the breakfast club. Larry. I don't know. Larry. That shit is so funny to me. <laughs> like they were like, oh, we should give this guy a name. It's already been here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyways. And he's hella rude to the assistant. He starts talking about his prostate, too. Like, he just has a whole lot dialogue about his prostate. And yeah, I was he used like, to sit on, like, a donut pillow and, like, whatever. Like, I'm fine with, you know, yeah. anyone's ailments and how they correct them. But, like, I just didn't need a whole lecture yeah, about Yeah, and, like, I don't show. also don't need you being an asshole to your assistant, yeah. you know? Um, and, like, it sets up this energy about how, like, Dawson's the good guy, even though we saw his turn into being an asshole. <laughs> yeah completely fine yeah. you know and we're gonna see more in this scene yeah we are like so fucked up agreed because this guy larry starts in on natasha he's like dawson you're my hero and dawson's like oh my god thank you i you know i really enjoyed those reshoots and whatever and like that's thank you so much and larry's like Nah, dude, I'm talking about Natasha. And he's and Dawson's like, yeah, like, I thought she did really well with those scenes or whatever. Right. And Larry's like, nah, you fucked her. 
You're the PA and you fucked an actress and I'm so proud of you. Oh my God. How does Larry know about that? <laughs> A. A. How does Larry know about that? B. Why the fuck is he bringing it up in this meeting? And why is Dawson letting this? And why is Dawson letting him? Because like, this is the thing, right? Is like, I didn't like earlier in this episode where Pacey, people are sexually objectifying Joey and Pacey, like particularly rich and like Pacey, like doesn't say anything about it. That seems out of character. And then I have to watch Dawson do the same fucking thing. Well, in this episode describing why he's a good guy. Right. Like this is actually like, I'm not going to defend the behavior of, of rich to Joey, but this scene was the one that made me the most uncomfortable. Right. Because I think, Partially, like, as a woman, this is what you fear. Right. Yes, because the scene with Joey... She hears it. it no, and it's also... Like, that's the whole thing with Rich. Rich is the universally accepted trope of an asshole. Yeah. And that behavior towards Joey is the understood and accepted... It, not that it doesn't still happen, but the understood and accepted behavior that is fucked up so if joey explain if says to someone what happened to her people be like that's fucked up this is the behavior that is like people don't understand that it's fucked up that it's fucked up and this is the the dynamics at play that people are like well it wasn't that bad was it that i don't understand was it that bad yeah she wasn't there she didn't hear it yeah it's i mean it reminds me of that billy bush donald trump video the, the access hollywood video where it's like what what I think a lot of people don't understand is like this is the fear that like these men are talking about you like that and then get on a camera with you and you have to interact with them and you don't know that this is like mm-hmm. the conversation that just happened and like I it's just like it's awful truly 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 awful. truly awful yeah so anyway Heather Dawson's trying to pitch this movie not doing a great job. Yeah. Larry's super not into it. Heather eventually jumps in and tells him it's a teen sex comedy with heart. Like American Pie meets Stand By Me. And I, I was know. like, God, that sounds bad. I know. <laughs> wow. I laughed out loud at that. I know. I mean, like. Wow. You know, and like the thing is, like, I'm sure someone has that wrote, you know, was in the writer's room has been in meetings like Oh, this. totally. This so is. trying to tell this story yeah. of like whatever. But I don't know why. They're yeah. telling this story. I agree with you. And also what we're supposed to gain from Dawson in this in storytelling, story. you know? Yeah. Um, like, why are we supposed to hear like, man, you're such a good guy. The PA fucking the lead. Well, right. And they then, were like, fucking before. Right. Totally. And then also this like, oh man, yeah. Like this is like, we got to have like a, a movie with nudes. Three like nude three scenes. Three nude scenes. Yeah. Everyone loves movies where teen girls take off their clothes. An and old... An old ass man says that. Right. I mean, yeah. And Dawson goes from pitching this movie about he, him and Joey, uh, ostensibly, right? Again, he has not seemingly asked her. I've worked and with a lot of writers. I get it. flat out said... This is a story that doesn't need to be retold. Yeah. Again. Yeah. And it turns into a movie about him and Eve. I know. And like mid pitch, he's like, no, but she's a stripper. And it's like, no, she was a temp. <laughs> if if that fucking movie doesn't have a boat beach in it, I'm gonna be I'm gonna demand a oh refund. Oh my god. 
The only good why part. Why didn't he the tell? The only good thing that happened with Why didn't he tell that part in this? The boat beach, Dawson. That is A1. I told you when that happened. I was like, yeah. that is a story you will tell He's people. He's like, it's a story about the, a guy getting his first BJ on a boat. And then crashing that boat. And then he crashes it. And the girl jumps out and says, I love boat crashes. <laughs> I mean, I would pay to see that movie. <laughs> I mean, I'd pay to see that episode. <laughs> yeah, I would do anything to be watching that episode right now. Oh, God. Anyway. Like, that is literally the reason why I will ride or die for Eve. Yeah, totally. The boat beach. It's I just, just can't. Like, like, what a fucking scene. We're like, scene. don't you want Eve off the show? And I'm like, no. Oh, hard pass. <laughs> no, a masterpiece. She that is was a so masterpiece. wild. Like, you don't have a Natasha without an Eve. Like, yeah. Dawson loves crazy. Yeah. Like, quote unquote, you know? And totally. Like, I mean, and- look at Gail. It comes from somewhere. I know. <laughs> Look at Joey. Like, you I know, know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Gail, for sure. It comes Gail from somewhere. Gail is a wild woman of Dawson's She is she the is original the woman. sex kitten <laughs> boat BJ. She's given, she's she, given a boat she's BJ. She's given a boat BJ, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, so like, and like, we get this thing, like, Dawson's uncomfortable, but going along with it. Yeah. Like, you know, this shift. So... <sighs> yeah, and then so he and he's like Larry is like, all right, you got the green light, kid, or whatever, yeah. and like, and he's like, so tell me more about Natasha. Yeah, and like it's just like I cannot, well, I can believe it, but I this absolutely has happened. Cannot believe that every single girl gets punished for having sex. Yes, on this show. Yes, every single yes, including woman. Natasha right now. Yes, yes. That has sex on this show will be punished. Yes. Why do you think everyone loves Gretchen? She didn't fuck. Yep. That we saw on the show. Right. But she got punished for it. Yeah. Earlier. But yeah, exactly. When she admits she's had sex, she gets punished for it. But then when she doesn't fuck Dawson, she rides off into the sunset because she didn't fuck. Yep. What a nightmare. And I just, like, have to reiterate that we as young women were watching this show. And Dawson is the sluttiest character at this time. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to Pacey's office. He's on the phone with someone. He doesn't have the numbers. And like Joey comes in to give him paperwork. Like she's not the best secretary. Like she's like, oh, these numbers. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, when did you get these? And she's like, I didn't want to interrupt or whatever. And he's like, okay, fine. And he goes to pick up the phone. And like, she's like, ooh, I think I accidentally hung up on him. This is just so not how this would go. I know. And Pacey like. I, re- I like this conversation. I do He's too, like, actually. you know, I kind of thought you would be better at this. Yeah. And she says one of the most fucked up things I've heard her say. Okay. She's like, I made it, I actually made it a point not to learn secretarial skills. Well, I, I would like to know why you think that's fucked up because I have a different take on it. Oh my God. Because I think. Well, first of all, she does know secretarial skills. I agree with that. Yes. Okay. Second of all, <laughs> it's it's fucked up that she's thinking that the job of secretary is beneath her. Yes, I agree because, with that. And she does this all the time, where she thinks that there are types of labor that are better than others. I agree. And you're like... That. All work is work. Yes. All labor is valuable. Yes. And to, you know, the, yes, 
the way capital works is corrupt. Yes. But the way people work their asses off is not. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I guess for me, what it what it felt like was like she understood that like women get in offices, and I'm going to say this as a woman that this has happened to, women mm-hmm. in offices often take over and have to do secretarial duties even though they're not, they're being paid for a different job. Mm -hmm. They have to like add secretarial duties to their workload. Like I have worked at offices where I have had to like do the, basically an office manager position Mm -hmm. as I was doing an actual like different job and a whole entire different job. Like I was, you know, a marketing manager or director, you know, sales and marketing director. And I also had to do all of the like office management And I was like, I can't like, why are you paying me my director salary to do office management as well? And so my thing is like, and part of it is that I'm so well trained as an office manager and as an admin assistant, because Mm -hmm. that's, I did that for many, many years and I'm very good at those things that like, I often got, I often had to do them Mm -hmm. even when I was like, what, like, this is not part of my job. I mean, I'm not disputing what you're saying, but I think that the rhetoric of dismissing labor because of that grievance is abhorrent, you know? Right. I think that, like, there, like it just boils down to being, like, you know, I don't do the work that I'm not paid for. I saw this, like, tweet recently that was, like, so the my my boss asked me if I speak Spanish, and I said, yes, I do fluently, but not for free. And, like, you know, and I... I understand where we are and where we were and whatever, but those are the rhetorics we need to have. Sure. Not, I don't do that job. It's beneath me. Right, right, right. And I, I don't disagree with that, but I also think but like- But this is the framing of it. Of like, Yeah, I, I the, guess I didn't see it like that, yeah. but I but I hear you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I saw it more like, I've specifically not learned how to do this, so I don't get, you know, like when I'm working the job that I'm hired to work but with But how would she that. know that? Right, no, 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 you're right. You know. No, 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 totally. Um, but like, you know, I, I would have, and my note was here was like, I would have really gone for a storyline exploring like that, that like she gets hired to do something and then has to do all this other stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I would have been really interested in. Yeah. Like, you know, like maybe if there was a special project that he needed someone on and she ended up hired and then his secretary left and she ended up doing both like that. Tell me that story. Yeah, but we're getting a, a story where she was hired to be the secretary and she's like, I don't a terrible do secretary. secretary. Not not even that. Yeah. She her rhetoric is I don't do secretary. Right. Even though I would I agreed to, to do, do it. it for money. Totally. You know? No, totally. And if she That feels so out of character though. Like Yeah, for and her. also that dynamic is fucked up. And, and it's both like, of those things are you know, serious. it's like the reason why you were in positions to, you know, take over this role that you didn't want to do is because someone potentially was there to do that job and was like, right. I don't do that job. Right. You know. So of course She's backing out of the office as Sarah Shahi walks in. I found her name. Well, first of all, he he's like, well, you should have told me that. Yeah. You know? Totally. And it's like, she's unqualified for this job, but she doesn't think that matters. Yeah. And like, I'd love to see that journey for her. You and know? that's such a male thing that I'm kind of like, I'd kind of love to see a woman do that. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rich seems unqualified for his job, too. Yeah, apparently he does hiring and firing. Yeah. Like, what? And, and, you know, 
And she does say this thing where she's like, well, if I if I'm too good at it, then I won't get to do the things I really want to do. And I feel like that's more the meat of it. Right. And I just don't like that the writers lean into Joey being an asshole to other women you I know agree. and like that's the way this feels because of the yeah. character of joey is that like i'm not one of those girls yeah yeah yeah. i'm not a woman like that i'm not a secretary yeah yeah totally okay so sarah shahi's name is sadia shah mm-hmm. um and so she joey's like backing out of the office as she walks into the office and then Pacey's, like, flustered by the yeah. fact that they're in the same space now. Yeah. And Joey can see that he's flustered. And Sadia asks Joey to hang up her coat, like, yeah. very much, like, uh, here. And it's, like, tense. It's a tense situation. Yeah. All around. Like, Joey being caught off guard by the fact that Pacey knows this, like, very attractive reporter... It, like, could be funny for a second. Uh-huh. You know, like, her kind of being like, whoa. Right. Particularly if you had seen, like, one conversation between where they're, about where their relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. was at, but we have not seen that. And so, like, this, what's coming up feels insane. And I remember thinking at the time. Yeah. At when it was airing, like, this feels so wrong. I know. No, it was really hard at the time, even, to watch Joey being like, I want to be your secretary while they're, like, pursuing this relationship. So you're like, oh, cool. They're going to spend time together and she's going to be a secretary. And then her being so adamant about not being his secretary right. while, while demanding to stay there. Because, like, now she's fucking with his career. I agree. Like, and I don't think she sees that. And I don't, like, but I don't, but I don't agree that she would do, like, that's Yeah, her but vibe. it doesn't feel like a Joey thing to do. It right? doesn't make any sense. Totally. Especially since she's been so supportive of his career. It would make sense if she wasn't supportive of that. Right. But we haven't seen, we've actually seen her try her best to be supportive. Right. Because, like, Pacey then asks, like, oh, can you grab us some coffee? And, like, you know, she looks about ready to kill him when he does. Which yeah. is wild to me. But, like, whatever. So... We We go from here to this metal (laughs) music video. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to get one of the other asshole dudes. Yeah. That we're supposed to think is a good guy. Right. Here comes Todd. So Dawson's like watching from the wing as Todd's directing. And he like goes up to Todd, who's talking to someone who's in the video. Yeah. And he says to Dawson, great, you always show up right about when I'm going to fuck someone, an extra. Meaningless sex with an extra. And he says this while the woman is literally next to him. Touching his elbow. Yeah, exactly. And to her credit, she is grrossed out by this. She's like, I'm in the fucking band. Yeah. So this is the setup, just in case you were like, no, Todd's such a good guy. Like, he, you know, he's, he's a, a little, little whatever, wild, but, but like, he's got a heart of gold. We get this vibe. Yeah. And in addition to that, we're getting Dawson seeking advice from this man, from this person. Yeah. Because he says, I want moral advice. And I was like, oh, from this man. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Uh huh. It's gross. And this isn't, like, sad in a way that Harley is Joey's best friend. This is sad in a way that the show is like, no, it's so complicated. Right. Everyone in Hollywood is all sex sells. So, of course, Dawson's going to be like that. So your integrity actually comes from your creative integrity. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's wild. So in the meeting room, we have Pacey talking to this reporter and Rich is there. 
And Joey beeps into this meeting to tell him that Jack is online one. Which is wild. So wild. And Pacey's like, okay. Like, and also I'll- she couldn't figure out the phone, but now she knows how to call in. Right. She's like, I'll call him back. Pacey's like, I'll call She's him back. She's like, he's your roomie though. And it's like really embarrassing well, for like, Pacey. It, it felt to me like Joey was trying to get this girl to think that Pacey was gay. Oh. Like, you're going to you're gonna miss a call from your roomie. Wink, oh. wink. Um, and like, here's the thing. Like, again, Joey's never been jealous with Pacey. Like, there's the time he's playing strip poker. Right. Where he's, she's like, you're playing strip poker. But she's not like jealous of any one of those girls. She's just like, there's naked women and like, you're what the them. fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I, I don't remember that feeling jealous to me more so like. She's drunk and being like. Why are you doing this? Like, why are you yeah. doing this? And then that girl on the ski trip. Anna. Anna. Yeah. Who like, she's like asking you to come out and play. Yeah, yeah. And like, she, I think there's very specific reasons. Why, like she is so. Yeah. Like feeling so like uncomfortable that like, of course she kind of like. Right. Projects that out. Right, she right, right. absolutely can. Like, she's not ever jealous of him being friends with Jen. Yeah, it's like, she was jealous of that woman, Anna, because they were dating. But right right now, they're not. So, like, I I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It It feels so out of character. Also, she knows that his job is important. And, like, while I can see them, like, skirting a line every now and then in this scenario where they, like, maybe are a little bit inappropriate, like, because they like to tease each other. Yeah. This feels over the line in a way that, like, Joey would never. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And it's truly painful to watch. Super painful to watch. Especially and since, like, we should be having fun with them being together. Absolutely. But, I mean, God forbid the show doesn't do that. Because, like... I've seen every episode and we've revisited season parts of three season three on Patreon. They brought out the best in each other. Yes. And that's why they're dynamic to watch, you know, because they made each other better people. Yes. Like, and not forcefully, naturally, yes. you know? And so watching them, her become a worse version of herself, which totally. is hard because they've, the show has made her a worse version. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's already, been on a decline for years. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, this doesn't make any sense. Agreed. Yeah. So Sadia asks, like, she's like, oh, you were a cook until recently, right? And like that kind of throws him off a little bit. And then like right as he's a little thrown off, like the phone does this like feedback thing. And then like Joey comes in with coffee. Yeah. And he did try to cover for her and be like, oh, it's her first day. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, like, just spinning out of control. And, like, I find this actually really hard to watch. I have so... Like, I get so secondhand embarrassed for people that, like, it's very hard for me to watch this. Because Joey starts acting like a wreck. I don't even know what she's doing. This is not a Joey we've ever seen before. I totally agree with you. Nor will ever see again. I know. So, like, I don't... I mean, that's not a spoiler. Like, she never behaves like this, ever. I know. So, like, I don't know why she's doing it here. Yeah. Because she, like, starts dumping all this coffee into Pacey... Or sugar into Pacey's coffee. She's like, how do you want your coffee? Yeah. And then she, like, kind of, like, gets all, like, yeah, like, super fucked up, puts all this coffee or whatever. And then she says to the reporter, like, how about you? And the reporter's like, "Uh, just, like, a little bit of whole milk. And she proceeds to pour milk on this woman. I, I, like... I had kind of forgotten that she... I knew it was a mess, but I was like, oh my God. Like, it, I, could, I, could, I wanted to rewatch it again, but I couldn't. Because I was like, 
It looked like she did it on purpose. Oh, yeah, 100%. First That's of so all, out of character. I agree. And all I could think is, what if you had to go on your day with milk on you? No, that would not be fun. Covered in whole, whole milk. Yeah. I no. would have to leave in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> you would. yeah. I mean, Angelinos know you have a whole wardrobe in your car. Oh, so yeah. it's you not that know. much work to yeah. like go to your car and change your clothes. Yeah. But like milk. Yeah. I used to keep an outfit in my From a cow yeah. on her. Yeah. Oof. You would smell. Yeah, I know. So Rich, like, then, like, they, so they go into Rich's office. Yeah, Rich is like, yikes. Why don't we all go? Let's wrap this up. Let's go to my office. Right. And then Pacey looks at Joey like, what the fuck? And she's like, it was an accident, which it wasn't. And, like, she was like, she's like, you should go so you don't miss your 15 minutes of fame. And I was like, what story am I watching? Like, and then I was like, I mean... I did feel like Joey would gaslight Pacey sometimes, especially about Dawson. And sure. we're kind of getting that again, where he's like, what is going on what here? What the fuck are you doing? And she's like, nothing. Right. I just like. It just feels like this, like for this, for some girl that like, he doesn't even like, it's a reporter talking to him about this job. Which is a really big deal. She yeah. over Joey overheard that it was going to be in the financial section. Yeah. So to like have like a profile or we don't know what it is. Right. But like, I mean, and I didn't even get into this, but it doesn't make sense that she's just sitting there with Rich and Pacey and no PR. Oh, I mean, 100%. Like I was like, this does not make any sense. No one's there to like fucking get Rich out of there. Or there's no lawyer to answer these questions. And like, it just doesn't make any sense. No. So from there, we go to Todd telling Dawson to sell his story and just work. She's like, whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter if they change it. Yeah, yeah. You know? I just totally zoned out because I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so Todd calls Dawson a drama queen uh-huh. and tells him he needs to keep working so someday he can ma- eventually make the stuff he wants to make. So he's yeah. just like, do the shit now. Yeah. Do whatever they fucking want you to do. And then at a certain point, you'll be able to make the stuff you want to make. And Dawson asked a question that I actually really like where he's like, how do you know who you are when you get there if you just keep compromising mm-hmm. your artistic integrity? And I was like, great question. Wish we'd explored it. I know. Or like, great, but like, it's not just about your artistic integrity. It's about your personal integrity right. too. And I just like, I'm really struggling with this framing of Dawson of like, no, but his creative integrity is what makes him a moral person. <laughs> yeah. When we've seen him actually be amoral this whole season. Yeah. And like, you know, Dawson's like, I don't think I'm cut out for any of this. And Todd's like, you know, look, I'm not going to give you some pep talk. Like, you know, he gives him $10. He Todd gives him $10 and is like, go make your movie. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if you don't want to do it, your their way. Don't cash their check. And like, you know, here's 10 bucks to do it your way. Yeah. And you know, sometimes a little bit of money and faith is like, it can get you there. And like, Todd is like, you know, no matter what you're going to do, you're going to do it with balls, talent and swagger, which I was like, Oh my God. Just get out of is here. Is he? <laughs> also, just like, I mean, there's a part of it do that I do like. Dawson and say swagger. Or balls. <laughs> no, none of the above. Thank you. Maybe some talent. I know. But hard to tell because know, we haven't seriously. seen Creek Days yet. 
cosmetic enhancement. Oh my God. Amazing. So, you know, again, they brush by what could actually be a really interesting storyline and say, no, thank you, please. We're going to stick with this one. Um, And we go back to Pacey's office where like, you know, this interview's over and... And Pacey is like, what was that earlier? Yeah. And like and Joey's, Joey's like, did you know her? How do you know that woman? So yeah. you're telling me you poured cow's milk on this woman when you don't even know the nature of their relationship. Uh-huh. That is what is happening. Like, who is this person on screen? Not Joey. No. No. Like Natasha, sure. Yeah. And I, Gwen? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Eve? Eve. <laughs> Fuck sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't even know if Eve would pour milk, but Natasha would. <laughs> yeah, Eve would have poured the coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honor. <laughs> um, so Pacey's like, look, I like met this woman once. I didn't even know her name until she introduced herself to yeah. me. And he's like, you know, it would it would have killed you to act professionally. And like, here's the thing. I just don't think that Joey would ever act this unprofessional in this setting. I know. I, I know. Like, and her counter argument is valid, but not relevant to what Pacey's saying. I have the same note where I'm like, these two people are both absolutely right in the fights they're having, which are not the same fights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like she, she's like, they're all pigs. Like all the people you work for are pigs, which is like, yes. And I'm like, but you're having two different fights now. Like those. But you're being an asshole. Right. So, like, how does that make you different? You know, you're you're being fucked up to a woman as well, Joey. Yeah. Like, because of her looks. Right. You know, yeah. you're being violent to a woman because of her looks. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? Right. I don't really don't understand what's happening. Right. And I'm not dismissing what's happening to Joey. That's very fucked up. But the response isn't to be more violent to women. I agree. I agree. You know. And I- also sell out your friend who... <laughs> You're trying to help his career. Right. Like, what? I agree. You know? And, like, Pacey's like, yes, all my coworkers suck. And, like... But I thought you could pour coffee. Right. And, like, you know, she's like, all these women look like they're, like, in from Maxim Magazine. And Pacey's like, I, you know, look, I understand that that's probably true. I don't usually notice it because I come here to do my job and not yeah. to flirt with these people. Yeah. And she's like... That's all you think an assistant is? And he's like, I don't understand what's happening. Did you? I didn't think you wanted to be a career assistant. Right. Well, because Pacey, like, he, you know, she says she wanted some respect and kindness. And then Pacey's like, I. Well, she admits that Rich fired Marcy because she was over 30. Right. And she's like, age is definitely a protected class. Oh, absolutely. And Pacey says something that I like really hate and I seems know. wildly out of character, which is that he doesn't. I don't have to respect you. He, I don't have to respect you or be kind to you because you're my secretary and I don't have to be kind or respect that position. And I'm like, that is not Pacey. I totally agree with you. I'm Absolutely like, What not. is going on here? He's like the working man's like every month. Like he's so for the working man. Yeah. So like. And also he kind of, he respects everyone, even assholes. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and so there's this part of me that's like, you know, looking at this and looking at like what he's saying and like, okay, if you had actually told me this story where he was changing, 
like where he was like actually mm-hmm. kind of changing aspects of his personality. And then he said this and then yeah. she was like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like, tell me that story. Right. But that's not the story. No. We're just getting this absolute chaos. Yeah. And like, you know, and I think what he's saying is fucked up. But on the other hand, I feel like in this chaos of storytelling, I feel more on his side where he's just like, you're being wild. I don't have like, you know, yeah, and like yeah, just yeah. kind of fighting with her to fight with her because she's having a different fight than he wants to have, which totally. is you're ruining my career and you poured milk on someone in yes. front of me. Yes. And I really don't understand what's happening. Right. And she's like, men are pigs. You don't respect me. And he's He's like, I don't have to, (laughs) like, you know, and like, I'm not saying that's okay, but like, I understand more where he's coming from than where she is. Right. You know what I mean? Which isn't like a place I want to be. No, I don't want to be defending this rhetoric. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, and she's like, oh, now I'm starting to understand what the nickname is for you. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, they all call you witless. And he's like. He's like, who does? And she's like, I'm not going to say. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? In front of me. Just random characters we've never met are just talking to each other. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like. And why do they call him witless? I just. like, what does that even. I don't even believe that to be true. I know. And that's not even a good. (laughs) Like insult. I know. And he's just like, you're jealous. Like you were jealous of this reporter. And she's like, no, I'm not. Like you would never be attracted to a shrewd business type. Right. And like, he's like, doesn't matter. Cause you're not jealous. Right. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I need you to transcribe an apology for me. Yeah. And she is so mad and he passes her like a pad and a pen. And she's like stunned. She has to do this. And I'm just like, I don't, what, what did you think you were going to be doing? Like, I guess I just don't really understand what she thought was going to happen. Yeah. So here's where my mind went. I was like, what year? When did the movie Secretary starring Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal and James Spader come out? Oh, I see. It came out in September of 2002, probably around the time they were about to break the story for this episode. Right. That came out in April, right? They probably wrote this, you know, uh, in January, maybe. Uh-huh. So that movie had, like, made its little splash. Yeah. And it wasn't, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal was nominated for an Oscar, or Spader, one of them was, mm-hmm. um, for that movie. So, like, it made its splash. And I was like, oh, okay, so you're trying to give me Secretary, which is a movie about kink. I know. <laughs> And you're trying to give me a secretary on the fucking WB. So you can't actually tell me the story. It also seems like you missed the whole point. point. Entirely. Yeah. So now I'm watching this absolute fucking train wreck. With two people I've literally never seen on my screen before. Right. Because, like, I mean, I've seen their faces, yeah. but I know none of this behavior. These characters don't make sense, and I feel like I'm in a fever dream. And there's this part of me that's like, look, if you were telling me a story about, like, them kind of testing a boundary or two because they're 19 years old, 20 years old, and, mm-hmm. like, sometimes you test boundaries when you're that age around appropriateness. Yeah, or Casey like, trying to be like, I want to help my friend out. She needs money. Yeah, like, we got, I've got this position. Let me help you. And, like... Joey is there helping him and they're like constantly almost about to fuck. Like I fucking across the room. That's yeah. story I could get on board totally. with. I'm, in, I'm into it. And, I'm I, into and it. that would be very real too. Yeah. And he, ultimately they're like, 
I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, you. you can't be here because like, or she's bad at, you know, performing the duties of the job she was hired to do because she wants to fuck him so bad. Right. That I could also understand. Totally. But like her just going out of her way to, to destroy him. Well, and this is the thing, right? Is that it's like in this show that does not allow Joey to have any sexual, like, feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it rarely allows her to have sexual feelings. And when it does, it's like, okay, okay, but. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, we're going to play definitely out the movie secretary. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is even happening? Why is this happening? And so, like, yeah, he, he dictates this apology to her. And she's like, he he calls Joey very, very bad or something like that. And you can like see from a mile away where this is about to go. Yeah. Because she stands up face to face with him and they just smash their faces together and start making out. I know. And I'm not going to lie. I honestly didn't think it was a hot kiss. Yeah. It's not as hot as some of their other kisses have been. It's the least hot of their kisses yeah yeah and so they end up on this couch right like and pacey's like taking off his jacket Mm -hmm. and rich walks in yeah and it's just like i'm gonna go he's like at least i waited a week with mine and it's like this is pre-mad men but like still a perpetuation of this idea that like the secretaries are the ones you fuck are there to fuck in the workplace yeah also instead of scrambling to their feet as these two would absolutely do had they been caught in this situation rich walks out and pacey says men are all pigs as they're still laying on the couch i know like he's on top, on top of, her. of her yeah and they kiss again and i was like and it's like more sweet this time than like yeah yeah definitely. ravaging but like i want and i want to love this because it's pacey and joey but, but i just I don't it. i hate it i totally agree with you and yeah. i'm just like So we get this phenomenal episode of Castaways and we're like on this like, you know, possible will they, won't they in a way in which I want it to be. Not a will they, won't they, Dawson, I don't give a fuck about it. But in the like, you know, these two lovebirds, they went through a lot and it would be hard to consider getting back together with someone that you are madly in love with. And like we had this whole episode where like Pacey was, you know, visiting his dad and like we got nothing, you know, we no mention of that, that his dad was sick and in the hospital mm-hmm. and like, you know, that Joey was like calling him after her, you know. Yeah, we didn't even get it like, a, a, you know confirmation that he got that voicemail from her right exactly so we go into this where we have like we're working on nothing as per usual and then this happens where these two people who are completely out of character and then like they're like and they like are literally bringing out the worst in each other and there's just like it's to me it's what's so fascinating is it's like i am on this train Yeah. I am so excited that you've even gotten them this far. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I would probably let a lot of this go if it weren't so fucking wild. Yeah. And like, you've managed to fuck even that up. I, it's like (laughs) unforgivable. It's unforgivable. It's so painful to watch this. I mean, I probably haven't, I've, seen this episode in years and years since the early aughts yeah Yeah. and i'm just like i can i cannot believe they're doing this to us yeah i cannot believe it yeah i why are they destroying this relationship 
I have no idea. Like, why are we doing this? I agree. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, the way that they've just destroyed the character of Joey is, like, unacceptable. It's really fucking, like, angering. Yes. And to, like, have to watch this new, the weekly iteration of Joey now. Whatever that's going to look like. And this is so fucked up, this part. Like, this is so fucked up. While we're in the part of the storytelling, all the viewers have been waiting to get to. Right. We've been waiting to be here. Like, right. You know, and like Castaways is so special to some people because we wait so long for it to happen. Right. And then the story, the writers are like, yeah, but like. That was fun, wasn't it? Let's just do some wild ass shit with make. Let's make up new roles for our actors. Yeah. So. We go then to Grams's house. Speaking of wild ass shit, we're gonna go to Grams's house. This is truly stunning, and not in a good way. Because CJ, Jen, and Grams are having dinner, and it's like it's why is he there? A dysfunctional suburban family. Does he live there? No. And Grams tries to break the silence, and then ends up playing therapist between these two. She's not therapist. She's telephone. Yeah, that's true. Fair, 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 fair. So she's like working out. So she's she, like, like, what the fuck's going on here, yeah, girl? Yeah, yeah. And Jen is like, looks at Grams, not her boyfriend. He's sitting across the table for no reason. And I'm not convinced he doesn't live there. Okay. And she's like. <laughs> Anything's possible I at know. this point. So maybe he does. And she's like, CJ thinks I'm a slut. And then CJ is stunned and is like, that's not what I said. And he's like, no, she, he said that. Yeah. And Grams is like, you know, she's, she, she, she's working out like what's happening. And she's like, you know, Jen, for the first time, you know, Jen's trying to have this like well-rounded relationship with a boy. Hold up. Yeah. This is the moment. Of the Dawson erasure. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yes. I'm getting to it. No, okay. I know, because she's like, for the first time in her life, Mm -hmm. Grams, no. Not the first time in her life. No, honey, you were there. Right. And you even told Dawson you were so happy that he was making Jen happy. Right. You're trying to have a well-rounded relationship with a boy, and I'm like, I'm mad about the Dawson erasure, and I cannot believe it. I, I... I know. I'm pissed. I know. You're making me defend him. I know. And like, honestly, why? Erase Charlie. Erase Henry. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, like she can erase Henry. Like they that was like one of the first times she was trying to have a relationship, you know? Yeah. What about that fucker Ty? Like, you know, we can erase all those people we don't know. You can't erase the relationship with the titular character. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Are you kidding you. me? <laughs> So, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, at least Pacey and Joey aren't the only one getting erased. I know. But, but I don't love it. Still don't love it. So Grams is like, oh, yeah, CJ's worried that you're always going to be more attracted to the assholes of this world. And I'm like, this all of this is happening in front of my salad. And what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. You know? And Jen's like, tell CJ... That and we already did this with the Jack and Henry and True Love. Right. Jack, tell <laughs> what is it? Jen, Henry has come with a totally bullshit Siddhartha related 
a line. <laughs> yeah. And tell him to start digging. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, you know, nice pecs in a six pack only get you so far. And like, CJ's like, tell Jen that didn't make me feel better. I have, I have nice pecs or something like that. And I'm like, here's where I draw the line in this. I mean, it's all been bad. But at this point, Jen tells her grandmother oh my to God. tell her boyfriend that this is the best sex she's ever had in her life. I can't. What the fuck am I watching? I don't know. What the fuck? I don't know I what's can't, happening. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a world in which you would say that to your grandmother. Or your mom. Or your mother, but like particularly your grandmother. And like why? Uh, no idea. Like I just, why is Grams here? Why is Grams in this? Like, I don't know. There's something so twisted about the idea that, like, it's like Jen's trying to have an adult relationship, but she needs her grandma to mediate. Jen can have adult-ass conversations. We saw her have them with Dawson all the time. Also, like, you, if you want, logistically speaking, if you have Mary Beth Peel in your main cast that you're paying her for things and you need her to have time on screen, anything else. We could just have this conversation without CJ where Grams is like, why are you so sad? And Jen explains what happens. And then Grams is like, well, I mean, I hear you and that's kind of fucked up and maybe this is what happened. Right. CJ is, and then, and then Jen goes to CJ and like talks it out with him. Yeah. Because Jen is that character. She does that stuff. Yeah. She will take in advice and then go try to remedy the situation. Yes. Yes. You know? So like to be in this, is so like I just am like is this the most fucked up scene and we saw someone covered in cow's milk (laughs) I just like I don't know what's happening I know I'm with you and he's like I wasn't trying to suggest that you had questionable morality and I'm very sorry what were you trying to suggest then my bro I agreed and then I'm supposed to the thing that's supposed to win me over as a woman you know with my small brain and working only on emotions, Aaron, is that he'll snuggle anytime. (laughs) Bitch, what? I'll get a cat if I need that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. A body pillow. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, this is supposed to charm us of this fucking asshole. I wasn't trying to- The bar is in the toilet. (laughs) I wasn't trying to suggest that you're a slut. Like, I'm sorry, follow up. What were you suggesting when you were talking about me fucking the rakes of society? Mm. What what was that? Yeah. Because I'd like to know more about your thought process <laughs> of thinking it was appropriate to say that to me, your girlfriend. Yeah. Like I'm I don't understand why we're, we're supposed to forgive this behavior. I I, I agree with you. I mean, do you want the real answer? The patriarchy. Because Jen's a slut. The patriarchy. She should be so grateful this man will snuggle with her. I just like, I don't understand this. So Grams is like, okay, I think my work here is done. Like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then calls Boston Beantown. (laughs) And... They, like, apologize. Like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and like, he like, does say this thing is, like, you know, like, he, I think he apologizes and he's like, but, like, I'm always going to want to have sex with you. And that's, yeah. like, how it will always be. And, like, I do, like, I don't, it's one of those things where you're, like, there are moments where you like what they're trying to do. Yeah. 
and you're like, go there. Right. Don't go over here with the sluttiness, you know, <laughs> where it's like he's just what he was trying to say is like, I want to fuck you at every moment. And it's hard. And I don't know how to deal with the fact when you don't want to fuck me or like when there's like a disconnect there, right. you know, and like. How do you have that language and tools to talk about that when you're 19 years old? You, you don't. Know? It's messy. You're yeah. going to be messy about it. Yeah. Do I think that you get away with slut shaming someone and being super fucked up? Like, I don't, you no, know? Yeah. But I think you can get to the point where there's a resolve of like, look, what I meant was, yeah. I want to fuck you at all times. But he doesn't say, I think you're hot. I love you, da da da, or whatever. He's just like, I want to fuck you all the time. And I'm just like, that like sentiment you're getting at, I would like, but you, CJ, I fucking hate. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, she's like, I'm in the mood. And yeah. he's like, Ooh, what, what mood is that? And then they like go run off to fuck. Yeah. To bone upstairs. Like, yeah, don't. <laughs> so we go then to the studio offices. Dawson's movie is off the rails. Yeah. Like, we're off the rails right as we walk into yeah. this scene. There's going to be a... We need a fire at that strip club. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my God. And honestly, I, like... I kind of love this movie. Yeah. I kind of want to I see. hope they film it at Cheetah's. I... Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean... Oh, my God. That would be stunning. amazing. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of more here for this than the weird, like, it's... Ha- not having sex is avant-garde like you know <laughs> and also the weird like let us rehash this like Dawson's childhood once again on like film. how great to have a retelling of the ice house burning down but it's a strip club mm, love Eve. it love Eve. it with Eve there and Eve's wearing a wire I mean sign me up for that I can't wait <laughs> a boat BJ all the all the wild ass scenes that happen yeah. in Dawson's Creek season one through four, but Eve does it. I, I mean, someone make that right now. That's I'll watch gold. it. That's <laughs> yeah, gold. Exactly. So, oh yeah. And then the guy, the breakfast club guy is like, we're going to call it sunset stripped. Love it. <laughs> it's like fucking genius. I would definitely watch a movie called Sunset Strip. Oh my god. I would too. With Eve burning down a strip club. I mean, sign me up. Yeah, can we get that scene from... Can we do a screening at Jumbo's Clown Room? Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Like, can't you imagine like a waiting to exhale scene where she's walking as the strip club is just like burning, burning like behind Bassett. her? Yeah. Oh my god. I love it. Incredible. I love it. Incredible. Three nude scenes at least. Yes. They, that's what they're... A Dawson nude, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I hear you, but woof. Anyway, Dawson's like stunned as the meeting ends and he like turns around to say he can't do this. Like he's like, look, this is my small story about growing up and it's like now a movie about a stripper. So like, yeah, I can't and he do does it. say this really like interesting thing um, where he's like, I just wanted to write about growing up and how it's so hard. And I wanted to write about falling in love and how that won't last. But it's also something that lasts forever. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that that is the sentiment of the show of Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to hear it laid out 
right now from the titular character to be in this show where none of that is happening. Where it's just mess everywhere. And we're not, not talking way. about how hard it is to grow up. We're watching 19-year-olds be like a stockbroker and be in movie in meetings with film execs. And then the women being like people we don't even recognize yeah. anymore. And we're not talking about how the power of falling in love for the first time and how that totally fucks with you and then also doesn't go away. Like, I do think that concept of, like, he is your first love. She'll never love anyone like you. I think that's valid. I don't think that the way the show explores it is ever true or authentic. Right. But it could be, you know? And it could have happened. We're also exploring the fact that, like, this love story of of Pacey and Joey that, like, is unfinished... Yes. And now can be finished because the Dawson of the all, all of it is taken off the table. Right. But they don't want to go there and acknowledge that and admit that, like, Dawson fucked up their relationship. Yeah. You know? Other factors were there. But, like, the main componing factor of of their breakup was Dawson. And now Joey doesn't even talk to him. She was literally in LA for the first time in her whole life and didn't talk to him. Yeah, yeah. That's how far apart they are. Yeah, yeah. And how far removed he is from her life. When was the last, they talked, what, at the Christmas, Christmas. episode? That's yeah. it, you yeah. know? And so we could go there and talk about how you could not be with someone and tell yourself you don't love them anymore, but you also are in love with them yeah. in this way and like get grapple with that because yeah. when you're 19, that's what you want to talk about. Yeah. That's how it feels where you're like, I can't be with that person or I want to be with that person or you're, you're mourning yeah. like, you know, a heartbreak in a way in which like you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. So we could have got that storytelling. So to hear Dawson lay out what the concept of the show is while we're in this absolute bullshit and chaos is a real slap in the face. I agree. I agree. I agree. And like, I, the other part of this scene that I do like is that the execs immediately are like, okay, who can we get to direct? Like, it does not matter that you're not going to direct. Yeah. 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 Like it's, because as soon as he says, like, I don't think I can do this, it's they're like, like, nice knowing you. Let's get that other guy. Yeah, who, who we, was that guy we were talking let's, to? You know, yeah. they're, you're easily replaced or whatever. Yeah. And like, I'm just like, are we, is this supposed to be us thinking Dawson hasn't lost himself, you know? Or like the good guy that he sticks to his creative integrity, but he doesn't stand up for Natasha or like the absolute sexism and like terrible workplace behavior. Like, yeah. I really think we're supposed to walk away from this being like, that Dawson, I always knew he was a good guy. Right. And not only that, but, like, not only the Natasha stuff, but also, like, we get no closure on, like, or no, like, even nod to the fact that, like, he just sold the story idea. Well, that, I agree with you. Like, Like, they're stealing his idea, and that doesn't make any sense. He's going to make money off of this. Yeah. Which I think is important to say, because I know what's coming up. So, like, he should make money off of this, like... Yeah, he would get a story by, and that's, like in the rules how much you make from that yeah you know? it's not and they, they wouldn't even make it like because he could sue them you know or whatever yeah, totally. um it just doesn't make any sense i agree so from here we go to hell's kitchen and this yeah. scene i like much better than the rest of the episode. right 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 um because pacey comes in and like he and joey actually talk like adults about their day yeah like okay that was wild yeah you know and pacey helps joey start to clean up and they both are like, okay, that wasn't our best. Yeah. 
And at one point, Joey says that, like, Pacey was hoping that her and, um, sorry, Sarah Shahi, I already forgot her character's name, Sadia. Sadia. Um, like, would wrestle. She's like, you were just hoping we would wrestle. And the way she says it is so amused and affectionate that, mm-hmm. like, it, she does pull this off. Yeah, right? like, yeah. So she, so Katie Holmes does have the ability to pull it off sometimes. Like, that's a stupid line. I hate that line. Yeah. But, like, she says it in such a way that you're like, aw. Like, and he's so, like, yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Like, and they work so well together. Like, they have each other's number, but they can also kind of rib each other. Like, that part of it I'm into. Yeah. Right? And he's like, look, I came here because you cannot come back into work. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> And she's like stunned. She's like, are you firing me? <laughs> he's like, she's like, I can make coffee. And he's like, it's just not about the coffee. Yeah. He's like, I can't concentrate when you're there. And she's like, well, what, is, what does that mean? Yeah. She's like, my dad, you can't even see me. Like, you know, and he's like, yeah, but I know you're there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, I wouldn't have gotten this far if you had been five feet away from me. Because, like, I have a hard time focusing when you're close to me on yeah. anything but you. And, like, you know, he kind of says that she's milking it. Like him, mm-hmm. like paying her all these compliments. And, you know, he's like, when you're five feet away from me or 25 feet, there's only one thing I want to do. And she like, this is where they so I know. shine. She's like, do tell. I know. <laughs> and they make out. And it's, it's like, like, it's, it's like all we've wanted. Yeah. And it's a good kiss. Like, yeah. it's like, that's what we want. And they break apart and he smiles They're so, so big. Smiley. And yeah. he's like so excited. And you're like. I don't understand why they're just like, let's throw them a bone at the end of this episode and last episode. Right. We're like, we're going to do absolute wild chaos, chaos. fucked up shit. Chaos. We're going to like just totally destroy our characters and like, you know, not make any sense. But then we're going to like at the end show you this like scene that like leaves you all warm and fuzzy. Right. And like... You know, she's like, she does the whole, like, you can't fire me, I quit yeah. kind of thing. And he's like, if I fire you, you get severance. Yeah. So, like, take it. She's like, all right, all right, fine. Yeah. And then she says, you know, you're never going to find another girl like me. And he's like, you know, I I rather think of my secretaries as women. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> and she's kind of like, you know, like, they both admit to each other it probably wasn't a good idea to work together, which I, I like. Yeah. And and she's like, I I was kind of stoked to see you on a regular basis. And he's like, well, let's make time for each other. Yeah. He, like, rests his chin on her shoulder. And yeah. And he's like, well, we got to make some time for each other. And I think in this moment, I kind of was understanding the Audrey of it all. Yeah. You know, where, like... She was like, why aren't you making time for me or whatever? And like now we're seeing him make time for, for Joey. Joey. I don't think it's the same situation because he had more on his plate and like, you know, and was whatever. Like new at this office. But I could also see how it feels to be like, you're not making time for me. And also yeah. now he's like, well, I'm going to make time for you. you right. Know? Um, so I, I, you know, I kind of get it a little bit more. Right. And so then he's like, well, we could start because like, I live across the street. Mm-hmm. So like once you're done here, you could like maybe come over there. And yeah. he, she was like, yeah, I'll be there. And they kiss goodbye, which I love. I know. And he like, he's like, you think you could wear that secretary outfit like <laughs> over to my house? And she's like, you had your shot, bud. I know. Like, nope. It's like, I like pinstripes. Yeah. yeah. They're so cute. I, I was just like, oh, cuties. I know. And like he leaves and she starts to like take bottles to the back to recycle them apparently. And we hear someone say, hey. And it's Eddie. Ugh. Okay. One thing, 
is that there's no fucking way that Pacey did not. I see know. It. I know. Yeah, I remember us screaming yes. at the television in 2003. I agree, and I was like, I remember us screaming, and so I was kind of like on this journey of like, were we excited no. he was back? And I was like, I don't think so, because no. I remember being so mad that he left the first time. Like, not go to L.A. That didn't make any sense to me, but like, okay, he Whatever. finally is done. They, yeah. She had her, like, you know, resolve about like- The closure. What, the closure, Yeah. yeah. And so when he came back, we were more mad that we weren't going to get more good Pacey and Joey. Right. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck about Eddie. And I also, I was like, do we know how she feels about him? Because her face acting says, oh, fucking this guy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just, I wish this entire episode was better. I think Pacey and Joey deserve better. I think Jen deserves better. I I would love to see Audrey and Jack again at some point. I know. It'd be great. I know. I hope they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why make Audrey series regular if you're not going to, like, actually show her? Put her in the fucking show. Put her in the show. Yeah. We haven't seen her since, like, Clean Clean and and sober. Sober. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah it is. And yeah. she's truly missed her energy and everything. It's like, can we get a laugh here? Oh, my God. It wasn't funny when Joey spilled milk on that girl. I mean, I just, my mind is blown that they these writers saw Secretary and what a big deal it was and was like, maybe we should do some of that on the show. I know. On this teen drama on the fucking WB that but we But they do. didn't even do it. Right. So it's like, at least commit to it. Right. Um, I don't know. This is absolutely painful to watch. You know, I agree. And like, I agree that the end uh, scene of like them more in Joey's element of Hell's Kitchen was like good to watch. But then they're like, oh, we're going to throw a curveball for y'all. And you're like, no, the curveball was whatever the fuck happened this episode. <laughs> the curveball was the office shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need this other guy. Yeah. I don't need this diet Pacey that we got rid of. Yeah. Like, we're not. 100%. An, yeah. Yeah. We're not an RC Cola family. Like, come on. <laughs> like, what? This is so dumb. Uh, and like, I just don't know. Like, who was invested in Eddie? Like, who cared about this storyline? Well, and, and I guess my question, just from a. I don't even know what to call it. I guess from a like craft like angle mm-hmm. is like I, I do understand somewhat how TV works so you have a special guest star that gets a certain number of episode arc yeah and it seems to be like a theme in this show that it's like okay we have them for X number of episodes and instead of just like telling their story in X number of episodes it's like no we're going to tell their story in like we have them for nine episodes so what we're going to do is we're going to tell their story for six episodes yeah and then we're going to bring them back and tell a different story, not very well, for like four, three or four yeah. episodes. Like, it's like, what am I watching? Why couldn't you have just told Eddie's story, even if it was however many more episodes he's in, two, three episodes longer? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, just told that story. Right. And then like, he's gone and then we're done. I mean, we brought- You ended on that- 
fucking inane 360 kiss that I had to watch for 17 minutes. I know. It's like we brought Joey all the way to LA with Eddie. There was a story to be told where she runs into Dawson. Like, I'm sorry, but like she went all the way to LA and she doesn't see Dawson. Like that is the death nail of their friendship. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever (laughs) that she went all that way and didn't talk to him. So there was a story to tell there where she's in LA with like Eddie an episode or two, and yeah. she runs into Dawson. How would it feel to be in LA and to see your childhood best friend from out of town, 3,000 miles away, 4,800 kilometers, <laughs> and you're like, you didn't call me? Yeah. You didn't try to get in touch with me? Yeah. Like, that would be so painful, but it would be a way to get closure on their relationship. Totally. Or, like, you know, at least whatever. That would have been a story that would be worth the road trip that we had. Totally. That didn't make any sense. Totally. So you're telling me we went through a whole – we got Seth Rogen. We got a whole road trip, and we didn't do any storytelling over there and then just end the eddy of it all? Well, and it's like, okay, fine. But that, I'm with you on that. But like, then you had how many more episodes of his contract? Yeah. So he has to come fucking back? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And just pay him and like, don't have him come back. Like, I don't know. And then the part that I just can't, I personally can't get over is that like, why does it always have to be Joey choosing between Pacey and someone else? Yeah. Like, why do they always have to pit Pacey against another dude? Yeah, agreed. Like, I, they, well, and it's like, they said, like, the reason why Castaways is so good is because Dawson is free from them. They are free from Dawson. Yeah. They get to be in a situation they have literally never been in to explore what could have happened without that, without the Dawson of it all. And then they're going to bring another dude to pit against Pacey to like question whether or not he's a good enough, you know, guy like that just doesn't work in real life. And also not only that, but like you, the reason why the Dawson, Joey, Pacey triangle works so well is because you actually set it up. Right. You set it up for an entire season. You actually really set it up for three entire seasons, right? right? Where we had to see all the Dawson and Joey of it. And he's the sidekick best friend. And he kind of gets kicked to the curb a little bit when they start dating. Right. And he has to go find his own life. And then, like, in season three, you, like, give this turn. Mm -hmm. And, like, you you build it. You build it for the whole season. You build... Pacey and Joey coming together for the whole season so that there's actual groundwork that's and you laid. also build Joey getting over Dawson yes. for a season. Because at the end of season three, like we say over and over, she wants to be friends with Dawson. Yes. She doesn't want to be with him romantically. Like, yes, she admits there's a part of her that will always love him, but she doesn't want to be with him anymore. Yeah. And she says that to him repeatedly because she spent the whole of season three getting over him. Yes. So the triangle that they think happened wasn't about her choosing from two people romantically. It was about Dawson issuing an ultimatum and her not knowing what to do with that. It was never her choice. It was him who issued shoot the ultimate right totally and so to then be like let's get back into a triangle that doesn't 
It doesn't make sense. And on what planet is anyone rooting for anyone but Pacey in that triangle? I know. The only couple that in that triangle that you've actually laid the groundwork for. Yes. And the way in which Pacey is fucked up to Joey in season four and when he yells at her at Promicide, it's fucked up, but you understand it. Yeah. Eddie just leaves. Eddie just leaves without, like, I understand why he left, but I don't understand why he left without telling her. Yeah. Like, yeah, you had valid reasons to bounce. Totally get it. You had zero reasons to just not tell her. Ghost her, her, yeah. To ghost her for weeks, to show up at her house for Christmas with her family and then never talk to her again. That's, like, that's the same thing with Dawson. No, no, the issue here is not whether or not you were allowed to fuck someone or whatever. The issue here is that you didn't fucking tell me. Yeah. And then when I'm unhappy about that, you're acting like I'm being a child for being unhappy about that. Right. Yes, you're right. We weren't dating. You had a girlfriend. You were fucking someone, whatever. But, like, I don't want to start our relationship on that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not happy with that. Yeah. That's not what we're talking that's what we're talking about. Not that you were fucking someone else. Go fuck someone else. Yeah. Same with Eddie. We're not talking about you being so broken, not knowing what to do with your life and having like a you know having- an existential crisis, basically. That's totally valid. Yeah. Totally valid. Yes. You bouncing town and not talking to me is fucked up. Right. And then making me like track you down. Yeah. You know, like then I have to come track you down. Well, she because- didn't even want to talk to him anymore. That yeah. was all Harley's doing, you right, know? Right, right. And so then him, like, and then he had, he had a zero-sum excuse other than, I love you. And then he just keeps showing up at places that she's at. Like, yeah. fuck off, dude. Yeah. Go away. You have her fucking number. Yeah. Like, I, what? Yeah. I hate this guy. I hate every character introduced this season. Totally. Except for Natasha, because she's my ride or die. Yeah, she's great. God damn She's it. an Eve. And they got rid... They already... Like, yeah. We're already done with her. Like, she... You couldn't have made that one last the whole season. I gotta get fucking Eddie back. I know. <laughs> Bring Natasha back. Yeah, I gotta keep... Hetson keeps slapping me in the face. Why fucking co- Todd. Why did he go to advice from Todd and not Natasha? Because men know things and women are emotional. Natasha was giving him great, insightful advice about him personally. <laughs> I agree with you, Aaron. <laughs> God. It's like, couldn't we get him, her back? Like, no, come on. of course not. So who are you rooting for? Um, Jack and Audrey. <laughs> I mean, I want to say Pacey and Joey, but like after that episode, I don't know that I can in good faith say it. Yeah. Because like they're, they were nutso. Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously the end is good, but yeah. like you're like, well, if this is the Dawson and Joey we're going to get in Pacey. season, or sorry, the Pacey and Joey we're going to get in season six, like Keep hard it. pass. Yeah. No, thank you. Totally. No way. Totally. So, yeah. I mean, I want Jen. I want better for Jen. Right. You know, like dump this motherfucker. Yeah. But like, that's not the story we're getting. So I don't know. It's hard for me to be really rooting for almost anyone. That's I mean, on my screen. I think Graham's has great insight. I don't <laughs> really like what was happening. Yeah. I don't need to see that. So fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very traumatized by that. Oh my God, you know? And it, oh my God. So it's just truly painful where we are. Yeah, this whole season has been quite painful. I agree. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, 
I see why the actors have given up because I feel like I've given up, yes, you know? Yeah. So, like, I understand where they're at. Yeah. I also understand where the writers have given up because I have given up. Yeah. So, like, I also understand where they're at with that. But at the same time, it's like, I Woof. mean, wow. Yeah. Wow. This really. is truly painful. Yeah, it's terrible. This is so difficult to get through. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, like, since I know what's happening, it's like the only thing we have to look forward to now is the finale yeah and that's so painful yeah you know so i don't know what a nightmare yeah, truly <laughs> okay so for our listener corner this is for amy it might be ami but okay. amy it, with an i I have still to this day not identified with a television character more than I did with Joey when I was a teenager. Mm. I grew up poor. We lived in a council estate. My mom is incredibly is incredible, and thankfully I had her unlike Joey. My parents split up when I was six months old, and my dad was unreliable to say the least. Mm. We While I had some kind of relationship when I was a kid, some kind of relationship with him when I was a kid, weekends and whatever. Basically, when I was about 13, he remarried and adopted the kids from his new wife from her previous marriage and pretty much forgot I existed. My teenage years were basically me trying to deal with this and having no idea how to or even understanding the monumental impact it would have on my life and the way I formed relationships. When Dawson's Creek started and as Joey developed as a character and we started to understand her relationship with her dad at the end of season one and then when he came back in season two I finally felt seen. I obviously know that having a father in prison is different to one who is free but absent, but the distance between them felt so true to me. Mm. When she goes to visit him and asks if he still loves her, I still remember how much I cried and cried at this and still do every time I watch the episode. When he appeared on her doorsteps towards the end of season two and she just says, Daddy, I had the same feeling again of just overwhelming emotion at the idea of my dad somehow returning to me. I was so happy that she got another chance with him and so, so sad when he messed it up and so angry at Dawson for making her do what he did. Yeah, the wire story is ridiculous, but I forgave that at the time and still do now because the pain and sadness of having a father who put other things before his love for you was so real to me. Mm. And I needed this character and this relationship to be represented. So often you see characters of absent fathers represented as the fuck up. They develop drugs or um, drinking problems or both, particularly mm -hmm. in British television. And it was so important for me to see Joey's drive and determination and strength. Yes, of course, I wish she had been nicer to Jen and not forgiven Dawson for certain things as easily as she did. And I know she was not perfect, but she was so important to me and I think really really helped me find my motivation, strength, and to drive to succeed. And I was I was many times so close to giving up, but I knew always deep down that I wanted to get out of the miserable small town I grew up in and make something of myself despite the odds and despite what my class suggested I should become. Mm. I agree that there's absolutely not, nothing wrong with not going to college or university if a person is living the life they have chosen for themselves and are happy that 
is the most important thing. But I feel Joey's need to break out of things so strongly. And I feel her need to prove to herself, the world, and most significantly her dad, although she maybe never voices this, that she is worthy of love mm-hmm. and she can be successful with this and with without his involvement. I think somewhere in season three, AJ references her drive as being the fact that she lost a mother when she was a young age. And I'm sure that is partly true, but I think it is also so much about her father and an unconscious need to prove something to him. Mm. I think in the absence of her father or even any real discussion of him post season two is such a shame. I feel I felt this presence in Joey throughout I felt his presence in Joey throughout and his influence on virtually everything she does. Maybe it was projecting my own stuff onto her, but either way, this helped me so much and still does. Yeah. I I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, I feel sort of similarly about the character of Joey. I Mm -hmm. related to different parts of her than, um, this person did, which of course, Amy grand tradition. I've forgotten her name. (laughs) Amy. Amy. Thank you. Um, um, so I get that. I think like what's hard about an episode like this, which is, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing why you brought it Mm -hmm. during this episode, um, is that like, it just feels like they have completely abandoned this character. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, and, and again, like, you know, we've tried to pinpoint it. I don't know that that, I feel like that's an exercise in futility to try to pinpoint exactly where the problem is. Um, but like by the time we're in this part of season six, it feels like, I mean, it doesn't feel like they've just destroyed the character of Joey. All of them. All of these characters have been somewhat destroyed. Even Dawson. Like Dawson went on such a redemption journey from season four until season five, like, you know, his journey with Jen. And then now they're just like, "Ah, all that matters is his creative integrity, nothing else. Yeah. And, and so it's hard. It's hard because um, I agree with you that Joey, to me, was a, an extremely important character. You know, I felt so seen, particularly season one, Joey, for me, was the most that I related to her. Um, and then and then it's just like, you know, in seasons four, five and six, they just fucking annihilate this character. Yeah. And, you know, I do think it's partially, you know, patriarchal fucking nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's like, it just, it seems to be a complete lack of awareness about what made her so great. Right. Um, And the flaws and all are what make her so great. Right. right. That's what makes a character great is the flaws mm-hmm. in that character and watching them sometimes overcome them and sometimes not. Right. Yeah. You know? And so I think like Joey, you know, it, it makes me sad to agree with you on a lot of points that like by this time in season six, she's really hard to watch. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And like only singling her out because she now is the main character. So we have to watch her so much. Like I agree with you that all of the characters you're like, who am I watching? What is happening? This guy just called Jenna Sled and she's like forgives him because he says he'll snuggle with her. What? (laughs) When you put it like that, that makes me want to start crying. What the fuck is happening? You know, 
Jack's giving this guy a side hug, you know, like yeah, this guy that he like really likes. Yeah, that is like fucking, you yeah. know, or it's like it's you know implied Assumed, that yeah. he's fucking him, like yeah. you know, and they're like side hugging over here, like what? Um, it's really it's hard to watch all these characters you've fallen in love with, and I I think it's also like a slap in the face because the writers just assume because we're already love them, we're going to give them all a pass and we're going to be okay with like what we're watching and what's happening. Yeah. And like, that's so hard, you know? And it's like, I feel so resentful of the fact that we had this really beautiful show that people like relate to so much Mm -hmm. and that could see themselves on the screen and see themselves represented and like how important that felt and how powerful that felt you know for the first time to see yourself like as if your story is worth telling Mm -hmm. even in 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 the mundane moment because like that is cool and that feels validating yeah and then now here we are to be like who are these people? Right. What the fuck am I even watching? You're telling me you don't care about my story anymore. You don't care about me feeling seen as the viewer or whatever in this parasocial relationship we've developed. You think that it just doesn't matter and right. that like erasing all of the other growth and storylines that have been on the screen for six years do- don't matter. Yeah. Like, like you said, we're sitting here being like, what about Dawson? You're erasing Dawson and we're like outraged at this because yeah. like like which feels weird for us to say but we're like what is going on? Yeah. Like are you seriously acting like these characters didn't have a a significant a, relationship. Yes, and each character that we see a week to week didn't have a significant storyline in the weeks before this yeah. that you're just going to enter in as a choose your own adventure every episode and like you know, like, yeah. like, a, what do you call it? Dinner theater of like, today, Joey, you're going to be the jealous wild woman. Pacey, misogynist. <laughs> Dawson, you're going to be on a personal journey about your creative struggle. You know? Yeah. Jen, you're going to accept this bullshit. Yeah. And you're going to pretend like it's love. <laughs> All right. And go. What? Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck is happening? Yeah, totally. No, I, yeah, it's extremely frustrating. It makes this season near impossible to get through. Yes. Um, I know we're both struggling with it right now and grasping onto our last vestiges of sanity while yeah. doing it. Um, like, it's like we have like five, five, six episodes left, seven. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> And we've done this for like three years. Like we've done like 150 episodes and I'm like, I don't know how I can continue on with this. This is truly painful. It is. It's, it is. It's truly painful. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. And like, I'm just like, I don't think it's going to get better. Well, it's definitely about to get worse for a a little while. (laughs) So that's a lot to swallow, you know? Yeah. And it's just sad that, like, you know, so many people will tell us, like, I just, Joey means so much to me. And I agree. And, you know, I'm with you. Joey means so much to me, too. And it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to watch. But as I'm watching season six, I, I you know, it, 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 she, this character is all but destroyed at this point. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, 
infuriating. Truly, truly infuriating because she has been such a great character. And we have been so like, there has been so many times in the show where we're like, Oh my God, I am so rooting for you. I know. I am behind you. Yeah. I am so in this with you. Like, I mean, you know, not to always bring up the last, whatever, seven, six, seven episodes of season three, but like, Oh my God, her journey. Like I she's know. so, and she's so good in it. I know. Katie Holmes is so good yeah. in it. Like the material she has to work with is so good. You, the fucking struggle, like she's so struggling and you see her finally give herself to this, to what she actually wants. I know. And like, Oh my God, what a moment to relish, you know? Yeah. And and like what a journey and quest on your path for identity and adulthood. When you finally realize what you want is really important and going for what you want is really important. And to watch that on screen is like, so powerful and magical and inspiring of like, like from a teenage standpoint of like, Oh my God, like you, you know, you're always going to be giving up stuff no matter what you choose. So like, you know, and like, that's what makes life hard and like, like choose what makes you happy. Cause then you're on the path to happiness, right. you know, and like, be okay with making mistakes and like letting things fall away because maybe they'll come back yeah. and like nothing's permanent forever. Yeah. Um, and now here we are where we're like, Oh my fucking God. What is happening? What? Like last episode I had to watch her and Harley and Patrick. And now I'm watching this. Like what the fuck? fuck who is this person and what and i don't care about her at all and so it's hard to it's hard to get through i think that's actually the reason that we're both struggling so much with getting through that is because like you're showing me a bunch of people i don't know and don't care about so it's really hard for me to watch this yeah totally like where are my friends yeah you know totally like you know oh my god it's so terrible um, okay, for Art and Artists, this is from Jennifer. Mm. On the 613 pod and the 520 Patreon, you discuss Joshua Jackson, Pacey, and why so many of us love him, actor and character. Mm. In the Patreon, you discuss the recent um, Entertainment Weekly article on his different roles. And um, if you get a chance, can you discuss the issues surrounding the affair, which ran from 2004 to 2019? This mostly involved Ruth Wilson, Showtime, regular director from the show, and showrunner Sarah Treem. I've linked two articles about the issues regarding toxic work environment, and I'm curious your thoughts and and feeling feel it's relevant as one of our actors was on the show. Mm-hmm. The issue of NDAs was a huge part of this, as Ruth Wilson has one, and she's the actress. And I guess I can't talk about what happened while Sarah Treem, the other, the showrunner, gets to in one of the articles below. And I find that extremely fucked up. So Jennifer sent the two articles and I read them. And basically what happened was there was a the actress who plays, I'm pretty sure, Josh Jackson's wife in the mm-hmm. show The Affair. I've only seen a few episodes of The Affair, so I can't really like... I've sp- seen none. So. ...speak too broadly of it. But... She plays his wife, and in season three, they end up, like, she ends up getting fired from the show, and, like, they write her off, and they have this kind of, like, really sounds gruesome way that they kill her or whatever. Sorry, spoilers. Shit. But anyways. (laughs) (laughs) um, But anyways. And 
the woman, Ruth Wilson, is like covered. The actress is has like some NDA, so she can't really speak about what happens. But she basically comes out and says it was like kind of a toxic workplace for her. And there was like gratuitous nudity and she didn't feel safe at all times mm-hmm. in in the workplace. And then the showrunner gets to do a whole deadline article about like, here's what actually happened. And she kind of lays out like from her perspective mm-hmm. of what happened and mm-hmm. says, you know, this is the story I was writing, trying to tell. And from the get go, you know, sorry, what's the actress's Ruth name? Wilson. Ruth Wilson is like, fighting with me about the character and the direction she wanted to the actress wanted to go with the mm-hmm, character mm-hmm. and she didn't like a lot of the sex scenes and the showrunner goes on and like kind of lays out all these sex scenes and she's like i deleted in episode three i deleted this sex scene and she kind of goes in and like tries to paint a picture of her of the showrunner being like you know adaptive and her. receptive yeah. and you know, she doesn't say it, but I personally felt like it was implied that the actress was difficult. Yeah. You know, and she wasn't accepting of the view that the showrunner had. While I understand that point of view and I could see how that would feel. Sure. You cast her. Right. Like, you know, you continued on. If if what you're saying happened is at the second episode of the show, there was, you know, there was a problem. Like... You know, there was a way to course correct that. That's what you truly thought happened. Yeah, yeah. It also was implied, and I didn't really look into this, that there were other issues on the set, and there was like corroboration that it was toxic, but not like about like corroborating what this woman Ruth, this actress Ruth Wilson, was saying, and like, um, yeah, and so. I agree with what Jennifer is saying where there's like this real tricky issues of NDAs. Sure. And like in California, we're trying to step away from those. Like there are, there are mount, there are some mounting protections against workers signing NDAs and the scope in which an NDA can happen. That doesn't mean it's, we're in a good place right, right, about right. them, but, we're but there is it. a discussion about that and a movement towards, yeah. you know, how corrupt an NDA can be. Right, right. Because it sounds like this showrunner got to say, well, what actually happened is this. Right. While the actress doesn't get to be control of what she feels like happened. Right. The interesting part about all of this is the show itself, The Affair, is about, I guess, each episode takes place with, like, an event that happens from two different viewpoints. Right. And how that can be perceived differently. Right. So it's like actually this super meta situation (laughs) um, that isn't really acknowledged by the showrunner because I feel like she never at once says, while Ruth Wilson might feel this way from my point of view, this is what I think happened. She doesn't acknowledge the reality of what Ruth Wilson might, might have felt about each situation. And she does, the showrunner does imply that in all the sex scenes that there was a body double for it. But like, I don't really know if that matters. I guess it matters in so far as the argument of gratuitous nudity, but like that doesn't mean that there isn't nudity in a show and that it wasn't gratuitous just because there was a body double. Sure. The nudity still exists there. Sure. And I guess like my thing is like, it's hard for me to talk about this specific issue Mm -hmm. because just because I don't know a lot of the nuance and I think like it feels like from what you're saying, 
maybe a lot of the nuance isn't available to us. Yeah, at all. that's how it felt. Even to if me I too. like dug into it even further. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what I do want to say is that like I think and I brought up Ellen last week, like toxic working environment, particularly in Hollywood, mm-hmm. is like not rare. Yeah, we see it displayed on this show in every Hollywood environment Dawson is in. Yes, and and it's it's just not a rare thing. Yeah. So like, and I think part of the mess and part of like what we're trying to suss out and figure out is like how do we deal with that? Mm-hmm. How do we get it to stop? Yeah, and that's complicated, right? You know, because like it's all. Hollywood is so full of people that have been able to behave in these ways for so long Mm -hmm. um, that they know nothing else. So like, you know, and, and, you know, it is an industry where this perpetuates itself, where it's Mm -hmm. like, well, people did this to me. So now I'm going to do it to you kind of thing. That attitude, you know, the whole like, I mean, like I was saying earlier in this episode about like, it, it really fucking peeves me when, Met particularly men, but anyone can't do certain things for themselves. Mm. Like Hollywood has this thing, which like I've tempted as assistants in, in places in Hollywood where like executives don't dial phone numbers. Right. <laughs> which just fucks me up every time it happens. Cause I'm like, you don't have time to dial a phone number <laughs> and wait for it to ring three times. Mm-hmm. So you get a call that says from their assistant that yeah. says, I have so-and-so on the line for you. And like, it makes me want to hang up every time I've ever had yeah. failed one of those calls. Cause I'm like, can they just fucking call me? Like, I, I got to talk to you first. Yeah, yeah. Fucking stupid. Well, it's also like saying your time is less valuable than theirs. Than Cause you're time. like, can the assistant will then say, can you hold for them? Yeah. So can you yeah. waste your time for them? I have so-and-so on the line for you. I'm like, God, get fucked. Yeah. So like, and that's not just to miss the, assistant no they're great that, they're yeah. great wonderful but like get fucked to the the person call like mm-hmm. you know that I, I need to talk to anyway so like i think that this is all gonna be messy you know yeah. like and i think that like i have no idea what i think the truth is it's maybe in the middle somewhere maybe you know ruth wilson is totally right mm-hmm. and you know whatever i think that like the way it's dealt with, I, I I think that it's great that you're looking at it and saying like, hey, I'm only hearing one perspective here. Yeah. The other person seems to be under lock and key. Yeah. And I agree that that's fucked. I mean, when I was working in film production, the only NDAs I had to sign were like talking about like people's costumes on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like I was not allowed to talk about the fact that I worked on Star Trek until the movie was out. Yeah. Like that was the only thing. Yeah. But like, you know. I understand that they're used in other ways. Like that seems like the way to use an NDA. Like, you know, whereas I think in other instances, they're fucked up ways to use them. I mean, I I think that it's hard because I think it's like, you know, in a perfect world, would other people on this set be able to come out and say, this was a toxic work environment. And like, maybe I didn't experience the exact thing that Ruth experienced, but like, this is the toxicity that I experienced. Mm -hmm. But if there's NDAs, a lot of those people are probably under NDAs. They, in fact, all of them probably are. So they can't talk about it. Yeah. So then it's like, who gets to write the narrative? And yeah. I think like, that's the, those are the power dynamics and power structures that we're trying to 
to bring down yeah. with all of this even discussion. The showrunner, she writes, it's like her essentially writing sure, her sure. own take. And she says, and I have other execs to corroborate. Right. And you're like, well, yeah, like you said, the people that don't have NDAs are going to back you. But can we get a full picture of what happened, you know? Well, and I'm also not disputing what her experience and her truth was, sure. the showrunner. But I'm also not saying that that doesn't mean it wasn't toxic. Totally. It doesn't mean that the way you handled the creative differences didn't feel abusive or didn't feel like uh, unhealthy. Well, and it's like, I mean, going back to our conversation last week about Ellen DeGeneres, it's like all those celebrities came out and were like, but Ellen's great to us when we're on her show. And you're like, yeah, Jennifer Aniston, I'm sure she is great to you when you're on her show. But the fucking PA can't look her in the eye. And if he does, he gets fired or like, you know, ripped a new one by like multiple people on staff up the food chain. Like, you know, and that is a toxic work environment. Even if you personally who is like on the show and is a fucking really famous celebrity yeah like didn't have a problem right you know what i mean when you listen to people who have actually worked production on that show and like how horrible it was for them it becomes a different story and so and i think that like that's a thing that like i think we have to we have to start moving away from is like just because your relationship with someone is good yeah or your interaction with someone has been good mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're not a fucking asshole. You know, yeah. like Chris Noth used to come into the store I worked at every single day mm-hmm. for a newspaper. And he was super, super nice yeah. to me when he bought a newspaper from me. That does not mean that I don't believe the people who have come out and said that he sexually assaulted them. Yeah. I have not had that experience because I know him in a completely different context. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or I don't even know him. I have interacted with him in a completely different context. I know. But I, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely believe that. I mean, I worked at a place that is known to have a toxic work environment and I didn't have that experience with, you know, the person in question. But that didn't mean I didn't believe everything one else's experiences I also saw them but I believed it the ones I didn't see as well yeah. you know and so I just think that you can hold space for both of those things right. you know and also like it's just like don't we all now watch true crime and know what grooming is <sighs> totally you know totally. like people are grooming the public as well yeah you know um and so like you know and I just think that's so, like like the whole it's so like interesting i think about the affair in the sense that it is this story about how one event can be perceived so differently but like so i guess with the showrunner of it all you're like so you were writing this really high concept thing about this event that is actually happening in real time and you're not acknowledging that there could be different perceptions of what went down Right, because I think everyone in Hollywood is so fucking afraid that they're going to, like, lose everything in a second. Yeah. That, like, they fight back in this weird way instead of, like, actually just apologizing and saying, like, that wasn't my experience, but also, like, if that was this person's experience, I, you know, I'm so sorry. And, like, you know, I wish that that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, it's interesting when you said that they, sorry, again, spoiler, 
that they kill her character off in like a brutal fashion. Yeah. Uh, the thing that went through my mind was like, welcome to being gay on TV. Uh-huh, yeah. They always kill us off yeah, in yeah. brutal fashion. You know what I mean? And so like I there's this part of me that's like, you know, that is a different problem, mm-hmm. but not unrelated to right. like we're going to kill, we're going to brutally kill off characters and it happens usually with minority characters. So women, people of color, queer people like get brutally killed off when they're being written off a show without, right. Instead of just letting, being able to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. You know? Yeah. And, and having the character kind of like be able to like sail off into the sunset and, right you know um and i think that that's there's a brutality to that too and there's a fucked upness to that too and that's not saying that i think you should you you cannot tell a story where xyz character dies right um but i think there's like you need to be if you're a writer on a television show or a writer of fiction in general like you need to be careful about how you're killing off certain people Right. And I mean, it sounds like a lot of it was about this actress being kept in the dark that like about the storyline that was happening for her in her you know, Mm. final season. And so then when she got to the end, she was kind of like, wait, what? Like, you know, and then I don't know, the whole thing sounded like a lot of really bad communication from the showrunner's point of view. Um, And like, again, like we only hear one point of view and I, I obviously am more apt to believe uh, labor mm-hmm. than I am the managerial class, you yeah, know, the yeah. class, um, personally. Um, but so I obviously have my own bi- bias at play, but like, you know, it just feels like a weird yeah. situation. Um, and like, also like when you wrap up nudity in it, I think that there, that is a totally spectrum where it's like, some people are going to think things are gratuitous and some people aren't. And like that argument is not something you should never even like step into the gratuity of something. Yeah. 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 And I think like, you know, and I, this was before sort of me too, this, mm-hmm. right. The I'm affair. Not sure. I'm not sure when this stuff came out. Okay. Cause yeah. like my thing is like, I, I feel it, like that show was before they had like sensitivity. 2000. people. 14 to 2019 the show so in me too it's 2017 right so, so like, she was probably dealing with it pre that or she Ruth came Wilson. out during me too right yeah. so but what i'm saying is that there's probably now i know a lot of shows have sensitivity coaches mm-hmm. like on set when they're doing nude scenes when they're doing sex scenes like there's a whole like you know, genre of people now that get hired to yeah, like yeah, yeah. make sure that this is actually like a safe environment. Yeah. So you don't have the Bernardo Bertolucci, you know, um, Oh God, what's the, the movie with Marlon Brando fuck where they like fuck in the kitchen and he like pours like food all over her. Mm, um, I'm going to forget what it is. Sorry. I'm so sorry to all of you that are screaming at your headphones right now. Um, but but, like, he basically, like, didn't tell that actress anything that they were going to do. And then, like... Oh, shit. It, she's, like, talked about how fucking traumatic it was right. to, like, film this scene. And it's, like, a very famous film, mm. you know, film mm. history scene. Um, and, like, basically, like, people are now on set to make sure that that's not happening. Right, right, right. To, to, particularly to women, but to all people. So, um, so, yeah, I'm guessing this was before those people were being hired on 
I, we can't says. say that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I said I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like the showrunner tried what she thought was best to make the actress feel comfortable with those scenes, but it didn't feel what was best to the actress. So I just feel like that was like a not creating a safe space to properly communicate about it. Right. Versus like what. Well, and look at what happens, right? She, yeah. The communication doesn't happen and she eventually gets killed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird, but safe work environments, you know, that's like the whole point of empowering labor, <laughs> you know? I do know. And, you know, I've worked in a lot of toxic work environments and um, they're a whole lot of not fun. So yeah, like, holy wholeheartedly. And really agree. fuck you up for like quite some time after you leave them. Yeah. It's, you really yeah. get PTSD Definitely. that you have to deal with for Definitely. sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, so, so I, know. so I feel deeply for this person who, you know, has worked in a, an environment that felt toxic. Yeah. Cause know? like that is her trauma. She'll have to, she deal has to with. deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it fucking rears its ugly head in weird ways for quite some time after you leave. Yeah. And obviously she spoke out about it. So people know about it. So she might have to contend with it at any point moving forward in her career. Totally. Which would be triggering. Yep. Um, so that's hard, but. Yeah super complicated um so thank you jennifer for yep. letting us know about that yeah <laughs> i know people keep telling me to watch the affair and like i tried to i just couldn't get into it i have not even tried so yeah you're ahead of me yeah and i think josh jackson's great in it but like i'm sure he is you know i don't know sometimes yeah it's a little bit it was a little bit too, too i don't care about married people to be quite honest with me. you <laughs> don't want to i don't care in montauk too like, yeah like you know, i would just like, i'm like oh god it's so far out of my zone of caring yeah like yeah you york, all seem fucked up new york energy can be a bit much for me too <laughs> i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you know it's just yeah. not a bit much i just mean it's hard for me to understand yeah it's very specific yeah yeah so i sometimes like don't get it yeah um but that's fine that's fine yeah um, and apparently it's good because people rave about it to me. All I, the time. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. I'm just like, woof, it's so far out of my yeah. interest. Yeah. Maura so. Tierney in it. I don't know. Maura Tierney? Yeah. Does she have Maura her? Tierney? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I'm not sure. But, anyways, I don't know who plays like the rich guy's wife, but whatever. Um, yeah. So, thank you everyone for listening. It's a, it's a dark time in Dawson's Creek for us. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I know people are like sad that it's ending for our show, but I'm just like, we're, we're slogging through. This is hard. Yes. You know, it's like a weird feeling to be like, wow, this is going to be over. But like, I cannot wait. But also like, wow, that'll be weird. Yeah. But like right now, I'm just like, cannot wait. Yeah. God, <laughs> can you just get us through these terrible episodes yeah. we're about to hit? It's yeah. It's so bad. Or that we're already in. Well, I mean, yeah, we're in them. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's truly awful. Yeah. I, I just am like, I'm just stunned at how much people think season six is like better than season five. I, that is stunning to me. I like really can't wrap my head yeah, around that. No, this is, this is the worst season I, by a long shot. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And like, 
I, I don't know. Like, let us know if y'all disagree because this is truly terrible. I mean, I think Castaways is a phenomenal episode absolutely. and it's one of the top 10 episodes of the show, but one episode cannot save a whole season. No. Especially a 23 episode season. 25. Sure. 25 episode season. <laughs> like, I just don't count the finale as season six. I know, but, like, but I it's hear just you. like, oh my God, how can it possibly be this bad? But it really is. It really, truly is. It's so bad. So bad. And even the premiere where they finally fuck Dawson and Joey. Not it's great. So bad. Yeah. So, so bad. And what a disservice to everyone that had to sit through the Dawson and Joey of it all, whether they liked it or not. I mean, what a disservice to all of us that it's uh, through five seasons. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, what? Like, what And then you the, give us whatever this is. Whatever this shit show is. Yeah. I don't know. God. And I, I like, honestly am so stunned at myself that I thought that this was going to be better than season six. Yeah, no, season we were five. wrong. We were, we were very wrong. We can admit it when we're I wrong. I know. I know. It's, I know. This is the worst one. Yes, by far. Yeah. By far. And not even in the way that I hated the end of season four and I've reimagined no. my season four feelings. Yeah. This is just like. I don't know what's happening. We're watching 19 year olds be stockbrokers and getting greenlit movies from a pitch. Yeah. And then this person that is called Joey Potter that like, I don't know who the fuck that <laughs> yeah, is. Exactly. And yep. then, like, our other characters, they just... Where are they? Where are they? <laughs> I mean, no idea. Who are they? Yeah. Where are they? What's happening? <laughs> yes. How... Yeah. Um, can we get a line? Yeah. That Audrey's doing well in rehab. Yeah, I talked to her yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so bizarre. But, yeah, thanks for slogging with us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Man, what a time to be alive. I hope y'all are staying safe. Mm. You know, summer's coming. I don't know. I think that means in the South that COVID's going to pop up because you have to be inside. So if you live there, just be careful. Be careful. You know, take care of yourself and your community. Um, mm -hmm. What a wild time to be alive. Um, we hope you're registered to vote. Yep. You know, that's another wild thing. Um, yeah. Congratulations, Los Angeles, for not putting Rick Caruso in the mayor's race quite yet. We well, were he's afraid. in the mayor's race. I mean, in the mayor's office quite yet. Yeah. Um, gonna, like that. It's it's going to happen. I don't think so. It's going to happen. I, I'm more optimistic than you are, <laughs> but I appreciate your cynicism. Oh, my God. <laughs> just like, yeah, whatever. Okay. They have a thing called the Tom Bradley effect that Angelinos yeah. acutely know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, it's a wild time to be alive. And also Eric Adams won. So, uh, yeah. You know. I know. Um, yeah. So Black Lives Matter, defund the police, stop Asian hate, honor our treaties, water is life. We stand with all movements to protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They only work against the working class. Abortion is pro-life. Um, Medicare for all. Universal back checks, background checks. Um, ban assault rifles. Cancel student debt. Um, happy Pride. Happy Pride. Let's get a good one in there. Yeah. You know? Um, Summer's here yeah. for us in the Northern Hemisphere. It's, it's yes. always a good time. Good, good time. Yeah. Summer. Um, 
So yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us DawsonsCritique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at GoFreakingCrazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. For a capitalism corner, we have merch, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Dawson's Critique, and we're going to be watching some old episodes again mm-hmm. and do we're going to watch um she's all that for this week so if you yeah. want to catch us over there you can um you can and as always you can order our book i remember everything life lessons from dawson's creek available wherever you get your books we're going to shout out the golden braid bookstore in salt lake city utah cool where i was at last week um and they're really cool and you can order our book on their website or Go in. They're kind of a new agey bookstore. So go in and find yourself some like witchy shit. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, please like a subscribe, write a review wherever it is you get your podcast. Thank you so much to those of you who have done that. Um, we really appreciate it. It helps us immensely when you do. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Pesty1079. Uh, we'd like to thank you for being with us here with us this week. Thanks for um, slogging through with us. And we will see you next time. I don't want to wait.